You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Support for this week's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. The sportsbook is not yet available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 141 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another hump day Wednesday, middle of the work week. Hope everybody's battling through. A couple more days, folks. You're almost there. Well, I hope. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully, we'll make your day go, we'll make your Wednesday go a little quicker. Get it over with. Or maybe a little longer, depending on how this goes. But, uh... Very special show today. I have Alec on from the Fire for Fighting podcast, as well as Jay from out in Iowa, UHL Legends, as you know him on Facebook. And uh, we're having a little roundtable, and we're talking about the, we're discussing the minor league mayhem 
fifth annual Minor League Mayhem Bracket Breakdown Show. And I always enjoy doing these. Um, I do the Bob Probert Invitational as well um, with Steve when when Probert was king. I enjoy talking with him. (coughs) This is the first time I've done a group kind of uh, discussion. So um, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, and, and these guys are big minor league fans. So it was, it was fun to include them in this breakdown. And, uh, honestly, guys, I'm not going to do a very long intro today because we go for like, I think it's like two hours and 20 minutes or something. So I don't want to keep you here all day listening to me yam, yammer. But, um, like I said, so I'll keep it quick. Uh, as I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network, whatever uh, NHL team, uh, you're a fan of, there's a show for you, so definitely check it out. Uh, their season's about to start up, of course. Camp's coming here quickly. And uh, for my off-net, of course, the the gentleman in the tonight's show, Alec, uh, does Five for Fighting show, uh, Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he also runs the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook, where he's doing live interviews and the such. So those are a lot of fun, but he's got a great back catalog. Yablonski, Sagroy, Rob Ray, on and on. Uh, you know... Last week he forgot, and then this week he threw a 25-minute interview or uh, episode at us. You know, uh, my, that's my new name for him, part-time Oli. So, but uh, he'll throw some content at you. So definitely, but in all seriousness, check out his show. He's got great stuff. And of course, Jolton Joel Lazito, Gary Lazito, over in Long Island, the legend, the Long Island legend. Although I will say, his his Bills, his Buffalo Bills really, uh, really took a shit on my football pool. Oh, hard times on my pool. I'm already like 23rd. Um, yeah, so there was no tape. I said last week that Joe was a big table jumper and that he has a standing account at IKEA. And he tells me that he thinks the table jumping is stupid. But his wife is apparently, uh, he would say, would be the one to jump through the table. So I'm just reporting the news. This is what Joe told me. So I'm just reporting the news. So Mrs. Lazito apparently is a table diver. and uh, But there wasn't a lot of table jumps this week. Big Ben and the Steelers kind of took it to them. But uh, I think I, I don't think the, I think there'll be many broken tables in the future in the Lazito household because I think Buffalo will have a pretty strong season this year. But normally I'd give it. But hey, check out Joe's merchandise. He's got his face on everything. He wants to put his face on you. So check it out. Shirts, pants, frisbees, toques, hats, Ben's pens, pencils, mugs, you name it. Joe's got his face on it. Check it out. Joe Lazito, Coliseum Chronicles. Give it to Lazito. But, like I said, normally I'll, I'll go in more in depth on Sunday as I do two episodes a week. Wednesday is interview day and then Sunday is my shit show Sunday show where I rant about the goings-on and whatever happens to... Normally it's about social media and I'm mad about something that somebody put. But uh, I'll bring up old hockey articles or what have you. It's always, uh, you know, it's it. we'll just see where the... Well, whatever way the wind's blowing is how the show is going to go. But uh, I will... This this Sunday I'm going to be talking, of course, Danbury Trashers Mania is taking over with the Netflix documentary that came out. Everyone's talking about it. And uh, some people shouldn't be talking about it, but... Uh, and there's been some kind of some uh, misleading and some ignorant statements being made, uh, not willfully, but just you know it was before their time. And I think there's a lot of assumptions being made on things and uh, about that. And then of course the Alan H gets brought into it because oh it's a goon show and eh, you know well the Alan H yeah but Danbury mm, you know uh, I will discuss all of that this weekend. So please come back and tune in on Sunday. Also, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Welcome. 
Uh, I highly encourage you to check out my back catalog. John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, on and on. I've had all of them on. Definitely check it out. And if you, hey, if you like that uh, Danbury uh, uh, biography and Brad Wingfeld, of course, is the main star, uh, I interviewed Brad about uh, two years ago. He was a tremendous guest, and we talk about about 30 minutes worth of Danbury stuff in the interview and uh, and his other crazy happenings throughout his career. And uh, it is episode four in my back catalog, so please check that out because Winger is a tremendous guest. And, uh, you know, absolutely. But uh, I'll shut up. Let's get into this. Um, oh, but before I go, uh, on with, of course, with this tournament, um, if you want to vote... It starts on Saturday, this Saturday the 18th. Is it the 18th of Saturday? I believe so. And uh, you have to join Twitter. I know if you're not on Twitter, uh, believe me, you're smarter than the rest of us. Uh, but it takes 10 seconds to sign up for Twitter. Just be the anonymous egg, ABC. Fourth line voice on Twitter. Find me. Every day there'll be a, a new set of uh, fights up. And uh, just vote and get out. And uh, but please uh, leave comments about each each uh, fight or if a, a certain player, and because that's what this is all about. It's creating conversation, and uh, you know we'll remember these guys for ten days or so until the uh, NHL season starts and we're over overrun with McDavid and Drysaitel and Pasta and Dowdy and blah 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 and all the NHL bullshit that goes along. But uh, for now, let, let's have the minor league guys take over for a couple weeks. But uh, and for all the players out there that are listening and for the fans, I, of course, I released today being Tuesday that I'm recording this. Um, I released the bracket today. Um, and of course it's met with, why is it so Jason Simon in it and Maxwell and on all this shit that why isn't, why isn't, why isn't? Um, how about we just focus on the guys that are in it? Um, I never, uh, believe me, if you're a player and you're listening to this, I know I have a number of players listening. Thank you. Um, it wasn't a slight against any of you guys. It wasn't like, I think these guys were tougher than you. No, I try to rotate different guys every year. Like I said, this is the fifth annual. So, I mean, let's face it. There's about a, there's a core 15, the Engelstads, the Morastis, the McIntyres that are always going to be in it, the Bonvi. Um, and not to slight anyone else, but let's, you know, come on. And then the other, you know, 35, well, I like to mix in different names for sure and get different guys in there. And about a month ago, I asked who you guys wanted in this, and that's what I did. I took the names that everybody listed. So, if you're a player, again, it's nothing personal. You know, it's not that I think they're tougher than you, and what, or I purposely missed you, or whatever. I just wrote it out. Like I said, it could be a 400-man bracket, and there'd be people listing off 100 guys that aren't in it. So, you can't win. But I think, you know, for the sake of, uh, let's just enjoy it for what it is. It's just a fun little tournament to get people talking. It's nothing personal. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've already been called names and I already had to block a few people. Seriously, grown adults getting mad about a fantasy hockey tournament. It is mind-blowing to me. Not surprising, sadly, but it's just, it's head-shaking. And it's pretty fucking sad, let's be honest, that you're literally name-calling over a fantasy fight tournament. Seriously. So... But like I said, I've been asked lots of times, why do I do it? Well, it's for the 95% that are normal and enjoy it, and for the players that enjoy it, and what have you. So let's just enjoy this. Enjoy this bracket breakdown. I had a lot of fun with my friends talking about this. Jay and Alec were tremendous, and I, I really appreciate them coming on. I appreciate you for listening. Uh, Fourth Line Voice, Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. 2,500 videos on my YouTube channel. Check it out. A lot of the guys in the bracket are on my YouTube channel. 
Just type them, type their names in in the search engine. Boom, up they'll come. Or type in UHL, West Coast, WCHL, AHL, whatever. It's all sorted. It's all there. So like I said, 2,500 videos. You have more than enough to keep you busy. But uh, all right, guys, let's get into this. My favorite tournament of the year, Minor League Mayhem. Let's get at it. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. All right, here on the Fourth Line Voice. Ah, it's a special, it's a roundtable edition here. And we're going to, I'm getting, we're getting ready for the, uh, minor league mayhem five tournament and it's going to be a bracket breakdown and, uh, filled out the bracket. I sent it to these two gentlemen and we're going to break it down tonight. Gentlemen use that term loosely, but they're here now. So on the right hand of my screen, I'm looking at them. Uh, we have Alec from the five for fighting podcast out in Florida. How are you doing tonight? Good. I appreciate you for having me on. I'm sorry for your misfortune of having to look at my ugly mug on your computer screen, but I know you must be hurting for guests if you're you're having me and Jay on to talk about it. So, um, you know, you must like car crashes. It's almost so good, oh, yeah. so bad that people people can't look away. You know, because you you shit talk the podcast and that asshole out in Iowa all the time. So here you are having them on here. I know desperate times here. I'm minimizing the screen as we speak, and in the in the left corner from as the affirmate from Iowa. We got Jay. Jay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me and Alec on. And yeah, I'm sorry for your misfortune. Got to dredge the bottom of the river to pull my ass up here. But at least I'm not making you suffer through having to actually see me on your computer screen. Well, you know that's exact. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna hurt through audio here tonight. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, this is a pretty tough bracket to break down. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I I found I was saying it to both of you guys before we got going here. I've I have found that this this bracket is much harder than the Bob Probert ones. Yes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, yeah, and I'm like I said when we put it out, I can't wait to hear all about who I did not add to the tournament. But I'd like to ask these same people before you complain about who's not in it. Who do you exactly take out to put that person in? You know, it's like uh, it's like six of one and half a dozen of the other. I mean, you know, you're just replacing tough with tough. So I mean that, uh, yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, it's going to be a fun bracket and uh, a lot of tough dudes. And uh, I know you guys are passionate about minor league guys, and uh, I figured what 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 two better guys to get in this, and so then you can also take the slings and arrows that I take with this. They're going to listen to the bracket show and say, like, these three guys are fucking out to lunch, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, we'll take we'll take the fall for you there. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to it, so go ahead and send the hate my way. There we go. There we go. Well, we'll, we'll get right into it here for the uh, for the first matchup of the tournament. And uh, it's it's right off the go here. Uh, Paul Ferone versus Tyler Willis. And uh, two undersized guys and uh, that were teammates in Seattle. And, of course, they both went on and played had, uh, lengthy pro careers. And, uh, yeah, man, that's uh, right out of the gate. Uh, Alec, what are you thinking about this one? So you, you kind of covered it a little bit there. They're both undersized. You know, I just looked up their hockey DB. Ferone listed at 5'11", and Willis listed at 5'9". Um, I went with Ferone. 
from my time talking, I, I get, you know, help with the podcast and guys who played with Willis or fought Willis. And, um, of course, Willie, everybody knows him from the UHL mic'd up video, you know, fucking Willie. So from a lot of the times, although Willie could bang, but most of the time he was kind of more so an agitator, but he would definitely throw down and back it up when he had to. But I got Ferone. I think Ferone is just a little, little more sound fighting, although, like I said, I know Willie can throw down. Um, when he needs to, I think he had a really good one versus stock. I think that's out there yep. um, in the AHL. That's a really solid fight, but um, Ferone with a little bit of the size advantage. So he has a little bit of reach. I, I went with him in this one personally. Yep. Jay, what are you thinking? Uh, right off the, right off the bat, you ripped my heart out. Uh, Tyler Willis, big UHL guy in my wheelhouse. Saw him for years playing for Kalamazoo. He would go with anybody. Um, Ferone is a guy I didn't see a whole lot of, but I did a lot of research on him. And I don't know how many guys you've had on your show who have mentioned him, you know, top two, three toughest guys they ever fought. Yeah. I, I, it, it kills me, but I, I got to go with Ferone edging out Tyler Willis. Yeah, that's Ferone's the one name. Yeah, definitely. When you bring him up to guys, it's, it's like there hasn't been one guy that I've talked to either on the podcast or just, you know, talking on Twitter or whatever. That was like, eh. No, every one of them was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, they're like, yeah. And they all say the same thing. He just looked like a choir boy sitting over there. And then as soon as you start, it like didn't look like much. But then as soon as you start, it's just like thunder in his hands, right? And uh yeah, Throne was a bad dude, man. Yeah, definitely. I think I'd have him advancing as well. So look at the three of us. We're gonna we're, we're moving Paul Ferone on to the next round already. But uh yeah, and it was a lot of fun to have on the show. Anybody listening, if you haven't, look at the I'm just already pimping my episodes out, but two part Paul Ferone interview, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Paul was a good guest. But Al Willis. Alec, how how many times have you tried to get him on your show? Quite a few times and I, I... Who did I talk to? No, maybe I'm thinking of Jason Ralph. But, you know, Jason Ralph in that clip, of course, is the one going after Willis. But Willie would be fantastic to get on the show. Whether it's mine or yours, I know it would be a solid interview. So hopefully, if somehow by an act of Jesus he's listening, Willie, for the love of God, please come on to either my show or Fourth Line Voice. Doesn't matter. Uh, we'd love to have you on. And I think you got just, – just even from the, the mic'd up in the UHL video alone – would write itself for an hour of content, but to even go through year by year of his career, um, I think there could be a lot of, a lot of fun things to talk about with old Willie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jay, I'd have to, I'd have to hit you up for some, for some notes. Like you said, you watched a lot of them down in, in KZU there. Uh, do you have any Willis stories? Um, I, nothing comes to mind. Um, I just know whenever he was on the ice, you knew there was at least, there was that one extra shot. That one extra little slash, <laughs> yeah. Or he was running his mouth to somebody, and, but he was Kevin Lazoo never had like a really tough team. Eh, I mean, they had they had Bootland there for a, a while too, but they were never one of the the teams that have like a big heavy name. Yeah, but you knew whenever they came to town, Willis was going to start something. Yeah, so like the the clip everyone sees from the Roadhog DVD is very indicative of Tyler Willis's play. Oh, 100%. He never, he, he never stopped skating, never stopped hitting, never stopped running his mouth. And it was, he is one of the most entertaining guys, undersized as he is, one of the most entertaining guys I got to see. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Big fan of, of Willie. He was great. Um, well, the next matchup, wow, there you go. We're just undersized here, but another entertaining dude. Garrett Hunt 
and uh, versus Derek Parker. That's two characters right there. Uh, we'll go over to Jay here to start this one. What's your call here? Well, I don't know how many times you said it. Other guys have said it. Garrett Hunt was like a Super Bowl on ice. Yeah. A little guy would absolutely just take seven, eight, nine strides and level a guy or, or miss him and bounce off the boards six feet. Um, obviously, everybody knows Derek Parker from the LNAH. I got to see him a little bit in, well, what? the quote-unquote IHL with Flint. I I got Garrett Hunt taking this one, small, undersized, would go against anybody. I think with as strong as he was and as compact as he was, he would keep Parker from starting to spin him around, and I think Hunt would take this one. Well, there you go. Alec, what's the call? So I, I you know, this here we go. We got our first disagreement. I threw in Parker on this one. Um, Garrett Hunt, very undersized, but definitely willing. It's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm about to pull up his hockey DB here to see when he started. So, I mean, he was with the Giants cir- circa 04, 05, and he was still fighting just this past season yep. for, uh, for wheeling and even fought Kyle Newber, the resident tough guy for the Everblades. So, um, you know, not a bad fight at all in that case. But I think with Parker – Parker definitely gets the spins. Well, first off, is Parker juggling pucks before or after the fight? Um, <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I got Parker getting the getting the spin cycle going on him. And, you know, Garrett was one of those guys who he, I think he's a lot more comfortable standing in the pocket um, upright. But Parker just has the size. And um, you know, we've talked about it before with Derek Parker that he doesn't – he's not quite a big power puncher, but he just has that, that spin cycle style of fighting where he tries to get you off balance. And then that's when he tags you. He's not going to get you with a crazy – ferocious punch but he's just going to land it square because he somehow is able to stay up on his feet so i have i have parker taking this one yeah there you go yeah it's kind of a really weird matchup but i mean you have hunt um you know east coast hockey league all-time penalty minute leader and uh yeah when he started with the giants i can remember my old chris out there in vancouver he's like you gotta see this little motherfucker we got like on Vancouver. you won't believe it it's like he just runs around. He goes, it's insane. And at the time, of course, they had like Lucic and Cassian on the same, and Hunt all on the same team. It's like, oh, God. You know, Vancouver got spoiled really quick with their team, actually, in terms of their toughness, too. But, yeah, Hunt ran around. I mean, everyone's, well, everyone I'm seeing, but there's been a lot of views on that video that I put up when I just put charging, question mark, and you see Hunt come flying through the screen at the guy and run into the board, completely miss the guy after about a 12-stride fucking jump. And, uh, he actually later on in the season ended up breaking his leg doing that exact thing. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately missed the Memorial cup that they won. But, um, yeah, hunt the little dude, but he's actually like a bodybuilder, like legit. Like he looks like a, he's like a competitive bodybuilder. He's like ripped and, uh, can fly around fearless. will stand in the pocket. will fight anybody. It doesn't matter. I mean, I've seen, he went after Gillis in the East Coast League. It doesn't matter. And, uh, and then Parker, I mean, and he's just, uh, he's fearless too. I mean, I can remember him in the Western Hockey League at 16 years old, playing with Lethbridge and getting into like 36 fights his first year and fighting everybody. And, uh, you know, and then of course he went on in the Quebec League and had 75 fights the first year he was in the Quebec League. And, putting on the show and driving everyone nuts. I thought Morasti was going to kill him, you know? And yeah, like you said, juggling pucks in the warm up, and <laughs> Morasti's throwing pucks at him while he's doing it. And, and, uh, yeah, he was just, uh, he's just, 
yeah, he was an asshole, man. Like he was just get people wound up and fight everybody. And yeah, like you said, he had that unorthodox style and like Mayrod's talked about it, just like he was really hard guy to get a good shot on. Right. And he was good on his skates, good skater. And he could just, yeah. And, uh, it'd be an interesting matchup. I don't know who had either or, I mean, you could, you know, you could kind of, if anybody, like I said, take hunt, take Parker, it's like, okay, you know, um, It'd be an interesting style, like you said. I don't think Parker could whip Hunt around, but uh, I don't. I, neither guy's going down, and neither guy's scared of the other one. So it, uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting matchup for sure. But yeah, some unique individuals right there. But I was I was pretty pumped to see Wheeling bring Hunt back last year. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to be done after that, or if he's going to do another year for a little bit. Because I, I was looking at it, he only played seven games, but who knows? I mean, I. If, dude's in incredible shape and i mean i if you're a minor league team an east coast league team how do you like seriously like if you can well, get him the, yeah you gotta have a spot for him yeah like that guy just everywhere he goes he's like the most popular player so it's like i don't know just bring him in and and it's not like he's the shits like it's he has a little clue with the little black thing rolling around is i mean he's not that bad you know, like no, he's put up plenty of points in the coast. I mean, I'm going through his stats. You know, for points wise, thirty, nineteen, twenty five, thirty six. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah. I mean, if you're at East Coast, if you can convince him, I mean, I remember it's funny because I always talk to the UK guys, and the UK guys are always looking for guys. I'm like, there. I mean, bring him over there. I mean, the UK fans would go insane for him. You know, but I mean, of course, with their hitting rules over there, he'd be, I guess, he'd be banned in the first week. So maybe that isn't a good idea, actually, now that I say it out loud. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah, Garrett Hunt. I I remember he, I had heard a lot about Garrett Hunt, you know, Garrett Hunt, Garrett Hunt. He came to Quad City here with Alaska. And at the time, the Mallards had a guy named Anthony Collins, who he, he's, I would go ahead and say he's probably top two top three of you know echl level tough guys that are that are still around and he i want to say he's six four two two twenty two thirty he's, he's a big dude he throws hell of a fighter and he went with hunt and hunt like he, he couldn't push hunt around even though i think garrett's listed to what five nine yeah yeah, so I believe so. Like when, five, when a guy nine, that like big and strong can't push him around, yeah, a guy that big and strong can't push him around. It, it that that's that's one of the big things that gives him the edge in my book. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely, and uh, yeah, it'd be a hell of a tilt. But uh, well, yeah, real quick, I didn't I didn't know this, but he played in the KHL for the nineteen twenty season. I had no clue about that. No, oh, that's right, he did. I forgot about that too. That's right, he did for the the Kunlun Red Star. Huh? Could have fooled me. I actually read an article about that because he was in, yeah, he was in China, I want to say. Yeah, the Red Stars, the team in China with the KHL. Yeah, and there was, it was when COVID hit, and he didn't know if he'd be able to get back into China when they were on a road trip. I don't remember where I saw that story, but it was interesting as hell, read. Oh, there you go. I didn't know. Hey, look at that. We're learning something new on the show today, folks. Learning has occurred. Yep, there we go. But, uh, oh, now I just minimized it. Where's my bracket? Bring it up here. All right. Well, the next one, legendary Dennis the Menace Bonvi versus Josh Gratton. Of course, this fight has happened a few times. 
But uh, go to Alec. What's what's the call here? I got to go with Bonvi on this one strictly for video footage since they both fought each other. Um, I think they've at least the videos that out there, or excuse me, that are out there. Um, I think there's two, maybe three. Um, one of them was very close. I think the other one I'd give the edge to Bonvi. So I'm going with Bonvi strictly based on video footage here um, and the the couple fights that they have had. Jay. This, this is the first one on my list of a few that I, I, I'm i still torn. Yeah. Grattan, so, so big, so strong, he has that power, but, but Bonvi is a legend for a reason. And I I went back and forth, watched as much video on the guys as I could, but I, I, I got to side with Alec. I, I got to go with just, just a slight edge for Bonvi on this one. I think Bones takes it. I agree. Yeah, the, the AHL all-time penalty minute leader. Third all-time in professional hockey. Um, yeah, he, uh, well, you just, I don't know how, I, I don't know who I was saying this to the other day, but you, you just go down and you look at his fight card and you watch the videos and it's just like, I don't know how he did it. Bonvi, like he's just undersized, fought everybody. And it wasn't like he was a hugger. Like he'd go wide open with you and he'd throw, he'd take as good as he get, you know, as good as he gave. And it was just, and I mean, you know, and, and and over those course of time, you're gonna, you know, when you fight like that and fight that long, you're gonna, you're gonna take some shit. And he took some shots and got dropped a few times. But I mean, overall, it's just like the guy is just incredible, and how long he did it for. And uh, yeah, I love Bonvi. He, he's unbelievable. Like how how he did it and fought everyone. And I mean, what you know, I mean, there's nothing we can say about Bombi that people don't know. I mean, it's just, I mean, what, at that point, what do you say? I mean, the guy's ridiculous and, and Gratton too. I mean, I love Josh Gratton. I mean, him and Brian McGratton, I said, pr- probably had one of the greatest hockey fights I've ever seen, you know, the fight with McGratton in Philly and then, and then a fight with Colton Orr in the AHL too. I mean, those are two of the best fights you're ever going to see. If anybody's listening and you haven't seen those, Go on YouTube, look up Josh Gratton versus Brian McGratton. It's like ridiculous. And, um, Gratton's awesome. And I mean, I think he just actually finished up playing too. I mean, it wasn't, he just kind of wrapped up like last year, the year before. And again, toe to toe guy. And yeah, they were great fights. And yeah, there I, was some video of him. I want to say a 1920 season from the coast. He played in South Carolina. And yeah. Yeah, there was a, a couple of videos of, of guys testing him out and, even I mean, he, he's not old, but you know, he's old for a pro hockey player. Guys testing him out, young kids, and he still got it. Yep. Oh yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing. You put him in hockey now, you know, against some of these kids, and I mean, you talk, yeah, like you said, you're talking about a guy who's been doing it since the late '90s and fought all those guys coming up. I mean, I'm sure he's not too worried about the kid coming out of junior with five career fights, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so yeah, I think he could probably do it for a while if he had wanted to, but, uh, yeah, that's a good one. But, uh, well, huh. this next one's interesting. We got Mike Varhog versus Ken Tasker. Um, wow. It's David and Goliath right there. Uh, Jay, what do you, what do you think? Oh, I, this is what I went back and forth about, but I, I, I got to go with Big Mike Varhog, UHL guy. Got to see him in Flint quite a bit, um, and then obviously watched him in the LNIH. Really came into his own up there. Learned to use his size. Obviously, Tasker would go with anybody. He would 
you know, just fucking bang, stand in the pocket. But I think Varhog would string him out a little bit, tire him out a little bit, and then then drop those hammers. I agree. Alec? Same thing. I got Varhog taking this one. Um, like Jay said, Tasker definitely willing. He's one of the – I mean, he's involved in one of the most legendary fights of all time. Former guest of the podcast. I'll pump my own tires here yep. for the Five for Fighting podcast. Former guest, so I can go check out that episode. Um, but – I think Varhog's just too big, and especially if we're talking like circa LNH, Varhog, where, as Jay mentioned, he really came into his own and really put the pieces together. Because uh, as we've talked about before with so many of, the, like the, the, especially the really tall guys like Varhog, it almost takes them a little bit longer to kind of put all the fighting tools together, but once they do, uh, you better look out. So I, I think Varhog strings Tasker out and, uh, like you said, lay, lays a couple hammers down on him. Yeah, like I've always looked at, whenever I do these tournaments, I've always sort of, I mean, people are going to judge however they want to judge, but I've always sort of done it by, everyone's in their prime. Okay, so in their primes, who's winning this, right? And like you said, if it was Varhog in the United League, I'd give Tasker the fighting chance, but it's, it's a Varhog and Sherbrooke and the LNAH, uh, no, I think he just sort of, yeah, like you said, strings him out, rains him down. Actually, I'm trying to think. They they had to, did they fight in the LNH? Now that I think about it, I don't think so. I think Varhog came into the LNH a little bit later. I can look it up though. I know, and I will say this: Tasker, you know, loved the dude, but he did not look too too great when he was with the LNH. Um, in in the fights I've seen, at least, so nothing personal, of course. But I I, I think he was a lot better in the ECHL than he ever was in the LNH for sure. Yeah. I mean, he was starting to fade at that point. I mean, he was okay. He, when he came up and he was with, uh, St. Hassan there, like, uh, St. Hyacinth or whatever. I mean, and he played the full year, he was okay. But I think when he came back and where was he in Verdun or whatever, I think it was Verdun. Yeah. That wasn't very good, but, uh, you know, he was at the end of the line there, but, uh, but yeah, Varhog, I mean, he was rolling in Verdun. Then he had the unfortunate fight with Kote in the preseason when he missed the year after blowing his knee out. But when he got back after that, those those four years there in Sherbrooke, it was like, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty unbeatable at that point. Yeah, exactly. And Mike, if you happen to be listening to the show, answer your DMs, please. <laughs> yes, I think I've messaged him too. Yeah. But... Yeah, I still remember good. I was in. Uh, I went to a, uh, a game in Flint once. I think I told the story last time I was on your show, Darren. Um, and I see just his head walking around, head and shoulders above everybody. I'm like, oh, it's got to be Varhog. So I go up to him and I I talk to him. I say, you know, Mike, nice to meet you. He shakes my hand. And he goes, yeah, I'm not playing. And he brings his hand up, and it looks like his hand has been stitched together with goddamn boot laces. He goes, yeah, I was in Muskegon last night and. I was beating this guy up and cut my hand on his teeth so I can't play tonight. I wanted to fight Toporowski, but uh, I guess I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah, like people don't realize that with, the, of course, your mouth obviously has the most bacteria. I mean, when it was Joe Koser, yeah, when he knocked out Jim Playfair in the American Hockey League, he almost lost his arm, you know, because he got his hand got infected. And he kind of, and they left it for almost too long. And there's that picture and it's on the internet of, Coaster sitting in the hospital, but yeah, he uh, he almost lost his arm because of the bacteria that got in there. 
Brett Warner almost did that too, actually. Now that I, if I think remember correctly, but yeah, man, it. Uh, oh, look at the beers are flying already. I love it. But uh, well, well speak. It's not my fault. It's not like we didn't talk for you know forty five minutes before we started the damn show. So. Well, then, like I said, here I am, candy ass here on a Saturday night. I'm I'm going dry. Like, I got to drive. Like, I'm an Uber driver or something. You know, like, I have to drive these two idiots home after or something. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm enjoying my cold water. Oh, yeah. But, uh, well, I don't I'm know. I'm switching to my Canadian pills now, so we're good to go. Oh, yeah. watch by about the, about the third round here. We'll be, blah, 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 it'll be downhill. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I've been, yeah, I like to point out, I've been drinking since like one thirty because that was when the Gator game started and then the Hawkeyes played after. So we've been, we've been getting after it about all day. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. So we'll hear it about 20 minutes. Shit will go real sideways here. Ah, it makes for a more entertaining look. Speaking of shit going sideways, it happened often with these two coming up next. Uh, we got the infamous Kerry Toporowski versus Frankie Lassard. Man, this would be a tilt. Uh, Alec, what do you figure? Ah, man, I, this one was tough. This is what I really had to sit down and think of, and maybe my Mallard's bias is going to show here, but I put Topper. But the funny thing is with these two is like, and you hear it all the time with Lassard, and of course Topper with a legendary reputation of just being a complete fucking asshole on the ice. Um, Lassard was definitely one of the dudes who would, would definitely jump you. Uh, he'd he'd tell you he wouldn't go, and he, I think I've heard a couple stories of guys on the pod, whether my pod or your cat or my pod or your cat. Jesus, now here we go. The beers are really flowing. Uh, my podcast or yours. Uh, Lassard is one of those dudes where he'll tell you he's not going, and then four or five strides down the ice, you're getting jumped by Lassard, and you know Toporowski just we've heard of getting sticked in the mouth by it. So I, I think this one really depends on who who starts the fight, whether Topper gets the jump or Lassard does. Uh, but two lefties, I, I think Topper is just a little bit meaner, and I'll give him. I I don't know. It's just it's this one was tough. This is one of those really hard ones. And maybe if the linesmen jump in, I'm thinking Topper is still going to give Lassard another six punches to the back of the head because he just doesn't give a shit. Um, so I got I got Topper winning this one. And like I said, maybe it's my mallet bias showing, but it's all for fun. There you go, Jay. I, I got to echo what Alex said. Maybe it's maybe it's the bias. Maybe it's because I got to see him for so long. But I got to go with the legend, Kerry Toporowski, in this one. I think he's just, just too mean. I mean, Lester, yeah, Lester has the reputation of being yeah that the kind of greasy guy. Not that Toporowski doesn't, you know, chain snatching and face washes with icy hot on the palm of his mitt. <laughs> but, but I got to go with Kerry Toporowski. I saw him fight a lot of guys. And I didn't see him lose very damn often. Yeah, it, it, the thing with Topper, it's a real shame. It, it's really too bad, the whole Fletcher thing. Uh, when Fletcher ripped his arm all up and pretty well almost ended his career. And Topper himself said he was never the same fighter after that. Um, it would have been interesting to see him a full, healthy Toporowski the whole time. Um but yeah, like you said, legendary, of course, out in the Western Hockey League. We all heard about him here. And of course, being out in Spokane, we, we only saw him once a year here. So it was like the, it was like the boogeyman was coming, right? Topper's coming. You know, and it was like, you'd see it, you get 505 penalty minutes that one year, then another 108 in the playoffs, you know, and then Memorial Cup rolls around. Yeah. Like you said, the line brawl starts and he's elbow smashing that guy and stealing his chain and thumbing him in the eye and, 
you know, oh yeah, like he was just, I mean, between these two, it, I, like I could see like Lassard getting the jump. Then when they go down, Toporowski stealing jewelry and thumbing him in the eye. And then, oh yeah, I could just, there wouldn't be any squaring off and good luck to you, bro. There wouldn't be anything <laughs> like that happening, you know. Um, yeah, there's no bump tap after this one. No, there's no, yeah, exactly. No, they'd be throwing equipment at each other in the box and the whole nine yards. Um, I'm going to differ from you guys. I'm thinking Lassard is just going to get the, uh, just go full snap show and get that left going. And, uh, it'd be a good one. Like a top, like I said, a prime topper, that'd be pretty interesting. But, uh, I, I think Lassard when, uh, the chips were down, I think old Frankie could, could do it. But, uh, yeah, that's a battle of the psychos right there for sure. But, uh. I remember he, I remember Toporowski fighting a former fourth line voice guest, Dean Mayrand, yep. uh, when Dean Mayrand was with Muskegon. Yep. And he had, uh, I don't know, the puka, hookah, whatever, like the little shell necklace. Oh, the puka shells. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and Toporowski ripped it off and threw it into the Mallard's bench. And it, it just made me, I laughed my ass off about that. That's funny. If, if you haven't listened to, if you haven't listened to Darren's interview with, with Dean Mayeran, go back and listen. Great show, actually, the show that got me hooked on Darren's podcast. How Mayeran goes into, you know, he talks about how he in the UHL he was kind of finding his way, but he felt his groove when he got up to the Quebec League. Go back and listen; you'll appreciate it. Well, there you go. Check is in the mail. There you go. And that's just not the alcohol talking, folks. Yeah, well, it might be the alcohol <laughs> talking. Just the pills by itself. So the liquor's talking, Rand. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the next one, uh, Big Mike McWilliam versus Kerry Clark. Oh, this might be, I'm, I'm, this is putting some date on you two youngsters. You guys probably had to research these two characters. I did, I did. Well, what did you find? Oh, man, I I went with McWilliam, and maybe he's getting a fourth-line voice bump here. Um, just got a little bit of size on Clark. And I think he's just like, when it came down to it, I think if McWilliam wanted to slow the fight down a little bit, he could, because you know Clark was kind of stand in the pocket and throw. But I, I got I got McWilliam taking this one. Um, I had to do like I, said, I had to do my research on this one for sure, and this one was tough because going through, I mean, both dudes could absolutely fucking bang. But I got McWilliam taking an edge here. Jay, oh, it's like it's like Alex looking at my notes here. Yeah, I uh, I'm not that much younger than you. You got a couple years on me, but I still had to go back through and listen and uh, watch what I could, dig up the old footage on YouTube. But I got to give McWilliam the edge. Like Alex said, just that little bit of size, I think he would take it. I agree. And, uh, yeah, old uh, – yeah, both a couple old, dub, old Western Hockey League guys. And, uh, yeah, I remember Kerry here in Saskatoon. We'd always want him to score so we could see him do the moonwalk. And, uh, <laughs> and just get shit started. Oh, that used to piss everyone off. And, uh, you know, he'd fight everybody, of course, from the legendary Clark family. And, um, yeah, he, you know, old Sharky, as they call him, he's certainly a tough guy. Did it for a long time. Um, lefty, tough dude. Uh, kind of started wrestling a little bit towards the end in the eye. But, uh, but yeah, McWilliam, yeah, big dude, lanky, would throw down. Uh, a hero over in the UK. They love him over there. I was a couple seasons in Cardiff and, uh, yeah, McWilliam could go, man. And, uh, yeah, there's some really good fights on, uh, on YouTube. If you look up, if you look up Mike McWilliam and, uh, yeah, definitely tough dude. Yeah. And a nice guy. It was a good interview and, uh, yeah, interesting character. 
But uh, I have to go with McWilliam too. But the next one, Zach the Hack. Zach Fitzgerald versus Curtis Voth. Jay, you got a Voth story, don't you? I do, and this is one of the, another one that ripped ripped my heart out. Voth played uh, played the UHL for uh, Missouri. They were in Quad City, and the Mallards had a player named Nick Ganga on the team who he had a habit of running his mouth. Well, he run his mouth to the wrong guy, and Voth said, all right, let's do this. And, and Nick Ganga dropped his gloves, reluctantly, I'll say, and Voth was just beating the wheels off him. And at the time, he had the uh, the old greasy mullet going on, and Ganga got a, got a hold of his hair and ripped out a chunk of his hair before he got dropped to the ice and skated off with holding that chunk of hair like he was a conquering hero and ended up getting, I think, 10, 10 15 games out of that for suspension. <laughs> but, yeah, it uh, this one killed me. I, I, I'd love to support the UHL guys. Um, but I think Zach the Hack takes it. There you go. Just, just big, mean guy. He was always down for it. I, I, I think he, I think he edges Voth out on this one. Alec, what do you figure? I got to agree with Jay. I think, I think uh, old Fitzy takes this one. Um, the problem with Voth I have is there's not that much footage out there of, of some Curtis Voth fights. So I think he's a, unfortunately it's a product of that. Um, of, of course, Jay was fortunate enough to see him with Missouri. Um, and there's no no knock on Voth for sure. The one fight that is out there that I think everybody should watch is the one he has against Bernier. If you thought Probert McSorley was long, go take a look at that fight. It's it's insane. And yeah. I, I can't remember. I think it was the CHL. And, I mean, just perfect showcasing of fights circa, like, minor pro hockey 2000 where they got, like, the spotlight on him and you could see, like, the lighting go on him and they got, you know, air air raid sirens going off during this marathon fight. I, I think the fight lasted almost two minutes, if not more. Uh, but I got to go with Fitz just because I, I, I know a little bit more about him. So that's, again, no knock on, on Voth for sure. But Vince Gerald, I mean, um, had quite a few fights overseas and, you know, the EIHL. So I got to give Fitzgerald the nod here. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup, but I mean, yeah, and unfortunately with Voth, there's a guy, you know, I'd love to see more footage of him, you know, down in the, like you said, in the Central League, you know, back-to-back 400 minutes in Tulsa, you know, and there's like three fights. It's like, ugh, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. It'd be, you know, I mean, everyone, the people, if you're like Voth, Voth, and you're wondering, yes, he was the guy in the Tough Guy documentary, um, the one that was getting traded around. Um, he, um, yeah, so you see a little bit of him there. I, I didn't realize at the time, but he's a Saskatchewan guy, too. Um, played in the SJHL here. I've talked to a few guys that played against them. So you can really hit. Um, I think it was Dan Kopak that got dropped by Voth and he said, yeah, that was a tough one. Um, yeah, kind of a, yeah, but a tough dude. And then old Fitzy. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about Fitz is, uh, if, you know, if nothing else, he could take it. Um, if anybody's, if you want to look up a really good Fitzgerald fight, there's a Western hockey league fight where he fights Paul Brown. Go watch that fight, and the two of them kill each other. And then Fitz eats, like, the most harshest shot right at the end. Still doesn't go down, but uh, wobbles. But uh, even then, then it's, what is this, three or four fights that he had with Cam Jansons over in the U.K.? And, I mean, yep. banging the shit out of each other. And, yeah, I think um, 
like, yeah, I said either or with this, with this book. Um, I'll go with Fitzy. Just like you said, probably just a product of there's just more footage available on them. But, uh, like I said, if someone said Voth, uh, I'd agree, you know, sure. Um, I really wish there was more Curtis Voth footage. If anybody listening out there has any Curtis Voth footage or Voth, same thing. Answer your d- direct messages, please. Um, yeah, both myself and your wife are trying to get you to come on and do the show. So, <laughs> but, uh, and he is still married to the same girl from the documentary. But, um, yeah, that'd be a hell of a tilt. And, uh, but I got Fitzy too. But, uh, well, the final one here in the first round, um, or the first, uh, well, I guess, what would you call it? Division. Division. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, a current dude. Look at me throwing a current guy in there. But this guy could have played in any era without a doubt. Brett Gallant versus Dean Ewan. Alec, what are you calling here? My millennial bias will show here with Brett Gallant because I know a little bit more about him. But, I mean, I definitely looked up a lot of Dean Ewan footage. And I'll, I'll give a quick shout-out to, uh, you know, old-timer Joe Lazito out there for the Coliseum Chronicles who had Dean on for a guest. Um, you know, I'm sure Joe's probably listening to this swigging his prune juice watching Jeopardy or whatever. But yeah. um, <laughs> Turn it down! Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking he's pissed that Drew Carey didn't, didn't pick him for prices right. But I got to go with Brett Gallant here. I, he's still a dude, and I, I was glad to see him signed. I, I think if I had to take a wild guess, this will probably be the last year he plays. Um, just going off a hunch. I mean, if you look, his fight totals are less and less every year, of course, as the game goes on. But, I mean, that dude can – him and his brother are probably the two toughest dudes in hockey. I think we've talked about that before. But Breck Gallant, man, dude could just fucking bang. He's really the last guy to kind of fight a lot of the heavyweights, especially in – at a time when it was like, you know, mutants running around like McGratton and guys like that, not just, you know, no knock on Tom Wilson, but I think Tom Wilson's a little out of the, uh, or excuse me, Brett Gallant's probably out of the weight class for a guy like Tom Wilson. So I got to give the nod to Brett Gallant here. Jay? Yep, I, I got to go with Gallant as well. A couple guys, they're about the same size. You know, Dean Ewan had a hell of a run. You know, mean as hell, could throw him, but. Brett Gallant could play in in any any decade you want to throw him in. I honestly think it's not quite as close, and I think Gallant takes it fairly easily in this one. Um, and like Alex said, it's nice to see him still in the game. I think he signed with Cleveland again. Yep. And it's nice to see him and his brother still keeping up that tradition. Alex is tough as hell as well, a guy who started in the Southern League and made it all the way to sign an NHL deal. But, yeah, I don't think – I think Brett takes this one a little easier than some of the matchups we've had coming up to this one. Hmm. Yeah, Sorry, it's Joe. A, oh, Joe, you're off the Christmas card list. Yeah, the uh, – <laughs> I think both of us are. Yeah, well, Jolt and Joe here, he's just having he's, – he's so torn right now. These two Islander guys are – oh, he's – I'm breaking Joe's heart. Um, yeah, Dean Ewan. Um, I was actually was a bigger fan of Dean than Todd. Um but Dean, yeah, I have some old Seattle Thunderbirds foot, and he's just a crazy penalty box fight. I think that's on my YouTube channel. He's fighting in the penalty box, and oh yeah, he was a tough dude, man. And then you watch him, you know, through the years in the IHL, and um, got to watch a lot of him with the Thunder that year in Kansas City. And technical guy could go with both hands, big, tough guy. I had some hand injuries, but uh, fearless, fought everybody. I'm a huge Dean Ewan fan. Um, 
on the other hand, Brett Gallant, yeah, like you said, last of the Warriors, like really last of the Mohicans. And it's like, I still can't believe he's played in Cleveland for seven years in this day and age. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, even back in the day, like it was unheard of for guys to stay on one team that long, right? And and that was back when everyone was fighting. Um, I still can't believe that he's stayed in seven years in Cleveland. And it's like, which is awesome. But um, yeah, undrafted guy came out of the Quebec League and then the Maritime Junior A League and fought his way, you know, started in Elmira and worked his way up and just basically just beat the shit out of everybody and got a shot here. Um, you know, fought Brian McGratton here in Saskatoon in the preseason, in a preseason game, which is a great fight. That camcorder footage is actually on YouTube. Um, yeah, all his NHL fights, he go and I think he had four or five. He's just got dropped Cassian in his NHL debut. And I mean, the guy's just got thunder in his hands and you watch those fights and yeah, I'm a huge Brett Gallant fan. Again, Somebody wanted to pick either guy. I could agree with it. Um, I'd probably go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably probably Gallant. I'd say. I think he would. I think Dean would stand in there. I think Gallant would just land some heavier shots. I think he's the better, obviously, the better power puncher out of the two. But um, yeah, big fan of both these guys. And I'm completely, as you're saying, Alex. I'm like, oh, why didn't I put Alex, his brother, in this? I completely forgot. Okay, that one's on me. Um, because like you said, yeah, yeah and I noticed, I noticed Probert wasn't in here too, asshole. I know. Wow. That just goes without saying, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> the King. Yeah. Oh, I'll hear all about it. I'm, I can't wait. But yeah, him and, uh, him and Alex the brothers there, like, I don't know, there's something in the water out in the Maritimes. Cause those two, oof. Yeah. Those are bad dudes. And, it, and it's cool to see them sign. And like you said, especially in this day and age and no, I'm down with, uh, both of the Galants for sure. And and if anybody's out there wondering, Brett Gallant is is not going to do a podcast. Believe me. So that that ship has sailed. I've tried, tried, and personally talked to him, and it's not happening. So yeah. Oh well. Maybe after he's retired, but right now, no, it's not happening. Unfortunately. And well, I think that's right. He he could play. He could play for the ten years. He'd be the, still be the toughest guy in the league at fifty. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, that's the thing, right? I mean, there's absolutely, like, no fear. Like, what's any... Really? I mean... I, I don't... I, I mean, I don't follow it that close anymore, but is, I don't know. Is there anyone in the American League that can touch him? Really? Like, I don't know. I, honestly, I haven't followed the American League for a few years, but the only guys that come to mind are Curtis Gabriel and his brother. Yeah. The only other guy I can think of is that Dylan McElrath. They actually had a really good fight. Oh, I think yeah. it was actually last season. Yeah, and I know did. he just signed with, I think it was Hershey, but with what he signed over with Washington. But McElrath, Gallant, and his brother are probably the three top yeah. dudes in hockey as we speak right now. Yeah, like I, I, if I put Gallant, if Brett Gallant made the, made the Islanders or whoever the hell Cleveland, well, whatever Cleveland's farm team is, if he made the NHL, I'd say Brett Gallant's toughest, toughest guy in the NHL. Yes. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Like I, like, I mean, I guess who's... I mean, no, no offense to Ryan Reeves, no offense to Tom Wilson, but, I mean, let's let's be honest here. There's there's no there's no comparison. I don't think so. No. I mean, no, I guess, no, no. I mean, what's who's the tough... I mean, I guess that's arguably who's it. Reeves, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. It, for me, it's between Reeves, Wilson, and Lutic for, for top three in the NHL right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think Gallant has, like, I don't think he steamrolls them, but I mean, 
I don't I don't think he's in any danger against. I think the guy that would actually give him the toughest fight's Lucic. Yes, Lucic is. He's oh, got more pedigree than all of them. Yeah, and but I still think Gallant could take him. You know, but uh, wishful thinking. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll obviously ever happen. But I'd like to see Gallant get some priest. Don't send him to Cleveland right away. Put him in some priest. Who the hell's Cleveland's farm team anyway? I don't even know. I think That's it's Col- Columbus. I think it's Columbus. I could be wrong, but William would shit a brick if Gallant got called up. Oh yeah, even just let him play in the preseason and beat up some kids. That'd be fun to oh, see. Oh yeah. But um, yep. Uh, Alec is right. It is uh, Cleveland. Or sorry, it is uh, Columbus. The there you go. Yeah, yep. Look at look at me with my modern hockey knowledge. Look at that. I think it's. I think it's literally because, if I recall, is because when I was doing the Enforcer signing episode, I had to like look up all that bullshit. So I think that's the only reason I knew that off the top of my head. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that'd be tremendous. Columbus, Ohio, the only the only place I've driven through at two in the morning, stopped at a Waffle House, and they had two armed guards at the Waffle House at two in the morning at the Waffle House in Cleveland. Or yeah, in Cleveland. <laughs> Shit gets crazy. Sorry, they were probably fucking fending off William from stealing fucking Wi-Fi is what it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was out in the back in his Mercury, Mercury Tracer behind the Loris <laughs> bin stealing the Wi-Fi. You know, Big Rand was out there siphoning gas. <laughs> yeah. They're sucking the gas out of the tanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right, the next round or next, what do we call it? Bracket? Division. Next division. division. There division. we go. Uh, Pistol Pete Vandermeer and Barry Drager. Jay, what's what's happening here? Oh, this is one of the ones that I went back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Drager is a guy who I obviously didn't know a whole lot about a little bit before my time went on YouTube. Um, I mean, he had some absolute battles. Hung in there with Reed Lowe. I was going to say pre- Kyle pre- Friedrich pretty yeah, good. I was going to say pretty good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Pistol, you know, he... I might have a little bit of bias. He played in Quad City, but he did it for so long. One of the toughest in AHL history. Um, I got to go with Pistol Pete Vandermeer on this one a little, just just by the slightest, slightest edge. I got to go with Pistol Pete. Alec, what do you figure? I got I to gotta, I gotta agree with Jay here. Um, again, maybe the bias is showing not only with the Quad City, but Pistol was a great guest, well, guest on both of our podcasts. Fantastic guest, no matter which one you listen to. Yeah. Um, I, probably also my bias showing that I know a little bit more about Pete, but I did go back and forth. This is actually one of the ones on my list, and I, I think I I can't remember if I said it at the off the hop here, but there's some matchups on here uh, that I have written down. And it's really, I don't have a winner. I just have a, it's, it's both their names with the slash. So if you ask me tomorrow, I may say Dreger, but for right now, I'll say Vandermeer's getting this one. Yeah, Dreger is awesome. I mean, he had the great fight with Friedrich and Chris Neal and, uh, yes, he did. Yeah, um, Bobby Joyce. That was a really good one. Um, yeah, I mean, left hander, you know, yeah, outstanding. He could, he could go for sure. I'm a big Barry Dreger fan. Um, Vandermeer, I remember watching him in the in the Western Hockey League with Red Deer. Um, you know, like you said, played forever. Uh, what I got it written down? Yeah, he's uh, eighth all time in penalty minutes. Um, Fifteen year pro. Um, yeah, like you said, either or. Um, you know, Pete could uh, 
would hang in there with anybody could take it Drager get the left hand going yeah it uh, that'd be just be a hell of a tilt um i'm i'm gonna sit on the fence on this one i'm gonna puss out totally and just be on the fence but now yeah exactly no i'm gonna like teflon i'm gonna slide out of it no i'll i'll go with vandermeer on this one but uh if somebody like i said same thing if somebody said Drager, i wouldn't argue with them um yeah a big fan of both these guys and uh and and Barry Drager was just a was just a guest on of the aforementioned Jolt and Joel Lazito. So check out that it was a good interview. And uh, yeah, fan of both guys. Um, the next one I'm a fan of both these guys as well. We got some Rocky hockey. We got Rocky Thompson versus uh, Lego Sean Lego. Alec, what's the call? I went with Rocky Hockey here. Um, Lego, another. I tried to get him on the podcast, never got back to me, unfortunately. I have heard he might want to leave all that in the past, so who knows. But um, I, I went with Rocky Hockey here, man. He had that legendary fight with Parker in the dub, and I mean everybody knows him now. Uh, well, unfortunately, he stepped down as coach recently, but you see the fights he's had. You know, Oliwa and uh, Grimson and. Guys like that, I, I think he's just got a little bit more pedigree as far as you know the NHL tough guy since he had a couple stints up there with Calgary, and um, so I, I went with Rocky Hockey here over Lego. Jay, you, you're doing it to me again. You got a UHL guy. Oh, <laughs> he had damn near 800 penalty minutes in two years with Elmira, fought everybody, but you, you got Rocky, and Rocky's a legend for a reason. No matter what league he was in, Rocky was the guy everybody was shooting for. And and I got to go with Rocky Thompson with the slightest of edges, but I, I'm not going to get upset if somebody says legs from Elmira would take it. Yeah, I got to go with Rocky as well. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, Legault, tough dude for sure, without a doubt. Crazy. Um, did it for a long time. Uh, uh, journeyman Carpenter, hell of a woodworker. I've actually sat at a bar Built by Sean Legault in Chris Graff's basement, uh, so I could I will attest to the fine workmanship of Sean Legault. Uh, but uh, in terms of fighting, um, he might be a better carpenter, but I think Rocky's the better fighter. And uh, I, to me, it was always a shame that Rocky didn't get a longer shot in the NHL because he he certainly could have hung with anybody in the league, as he proved taking part Grimson, a prime Grimson too, and Rocky busted him up pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just that chuck and duck style, the hair flying. I mean, he was a marketer's dream. How Calgary did not keep him, I'll never know. Hometown guy. Looks like the Hansons. You know, no teeth, long hair, beating people up. How do you get rid of that? I have no idea. Morons. But well, um, Calgary had nobody else at that time either, didn't they? No. Yeah, yeah they no. Nobody. Nothing. And it's just like, are you serious? A friend of mine happened to be in Calgary for that game. He didn't even know Rocky was playing it, but all of a sudden he's playing and that's when he fights Ola twice and just gives it to him. And he said, you couldn't hear yourself think like the roof was going to come off the saddle dome. You know, and Rocky's got his arms up and the hair is flying. And he actually brought me a copy of like the Calgary Sun home. The next day, there's a big picture of Rocky on the front. And that's where it says Rocky Hockey. And it's got his arms up in the air and his hairs and it's front page of the Calgary paper. And it's like, oh, how do you not keep this guy? But, uh, but yeah, did it a long time. And yeah, Rocky was awesome. Yep. But, uh, huh. 
Well, this next one, this will be... This uh, one sucks. Well, th- this one might get real interesting on Facebook, too. Uh, when the computer popped this one out, I laughed for about five minutes. Um, considering who's involved. But uh, we got Joel Terrio. There you go, Dean. I'll say it right. Terrio. <laughs> Good thing Dr. Chris isn't on here. We don't even know what would be happening. Old Longmire there. Um, Terrio versus Jacques Mayotte. I'm gonna to go to Jay on this one. Jay, what's happening in this? Yeah, Jay, you see, you, see, you, you know, start the shit show off here. <laughs> maybe I should recuse myself from this one. Um, the mailman was the first enforcer I got to see in person. First one I ever met had hands the size of a canned ham. Got to see him just destroy anybody in the Colonial League that year. I mean, obviously you get the animal. Probably the toughest guy to ever play in the LNAH, but I, I cannot pull my heart away. I can't rip my guts out. It's, it, it's the mailman. Just, I, I, I got to give the edge to the mailman. If, if Alec or Darren want to say Terrio, I'm not going to be all that upset about it, but I got the autographed Jersey hanging in the basement. I, I can't go with anybody but the mailman. Yeah. Alec, you're not getting out of this one. Oh, I know I ain't. I, I know I ain't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to disagree. I got to go with Joel Terrio here, and I know it breaks my heart. Jacques Mayotte, former guest of the podcast as well. Um, but just Terrio, with how long he did it in the league, you know, of course he was in the, when it was the Quebec Senior League and then the Semi-Pro League and then, of course, the LNH. But for how long he did it, and, I mean, that's no slouch to Mayotte. Mayotte had some great battles with guys like Mel Engelstad and, um, guys like that, so there's no knock. I, I mean, if you ask me tomorrow, this is one of those matchups I have written down where I just have a slash. I don't have a, an exact winner, so just off the maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here and go Ontario just for the sake of go Ontario. But um, I got to give the nod to him, and you got to remember, Mayotte was a pretty honest dude, um, and the Terrio we're talking about was on you know some uh, <laughs> some pre, some pregame rituals and and chicken and whey pro or whey protein diet at the time yeah. in the LNH. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go Terrio here. You're dead yeah. to me, Alec. <laughs> is it, so is, is the invite for, uh, for a steak and bush lights, uh, this winter off now you get, you get a sirloin out the back on the deck in the middle of December. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting cube steak and Miller high life. Yeah. I'm not a hard life man. If he'd offer me like an IPA or some shit, then we'd have, we'd have, them's his fighting words. <laughs> yeah. Mochaccino ale. Yeah. Yeah, him and, him and his pine cone and fucking Goodyear tire infused beer. Yeah. I'm sorry that I actually have taste. Oh, like, like you don't drink, you, you drink a bush light every time we go to the fucking storm game and you post it. Because you do it in honor well, of me, that's so you know because what? I feel sorry for you. You don't feel sorry for me. You want it's the nectar of the gods for a reason. Hey, we're we're trying Before to get Alex stuck down there in Florida. Oh, I know. Wow. You know what, I, D- Darren? Add, Darren, add another fucking bracket. Me and Jane are going toe to toe this winter. Yeah, I was just say we got to. Uh, well, I, I'm busy trying to get you a Bush Light sponsorship here last night. I know, goddamn Bush. I mean, I pump the tires every podcast, every live podcast, and I'm just, Darren, you can probably see it. I got the Bush coaster here. Yeah, normally I got the. I got. Well, I'm drinking Bush right now. Is that we're in the in the koozie here? Normally I got the Bush glass going for the live podcast. But goddamn, if anybody at Bush is listening, give, give, give me a sponsorship. I'll, I'll hook it up for you for sure. Pump the tires every podcast. 
You will sell tens of cans of Bush Light, thanks to Alex. Tens of cans. Exactly. Maybe even fives of cans. Yeah, the uh, yeah, to the dozens and the dozens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I guess I have to be the tiebreaker here. Um, either or, uh, really, like like it's been echoed. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with either guy. I will say, uh, I yeah, I'd probably have to go with Mayot actually. Um, I think Mayot would just sort of tie him up and get him really frustrated. And uh, if it, if he's gonna try to go open. He's gonna. I, I got Terrio, but I think Jacques could kind of cross grip it up, and uh, yeah, I think uh, he would tie tie uh, Joel up and really cause him a lot of grief. And uh, but like I said, if somebody said oh, I got Terrio, well, like you did, uh, yeah, I can see it. But uh, man, that's uh, that is a tough matchup, though. In all seriousness, though, that uh, either or, and that the Battle of Quebec right there, and. Um, yeah, like I said, when the computer spit that one out, I was just like, "Shit, really? All right." Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Oh, what do you know if Mayotte sees it, he's gonna laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'll hear about it. Yeah, it. Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, well, the next one happened too. It was interesting. Um, two IHL characters: the Rammer Bruce Ramsey and uh, Andy Bezo. Uh, Jay, what's the call here? Man. I don't like this. You keep you keep bringing up guys that I know from the from the U-Haul League and thrown up against the guys who were some of the toughest in hockey. You know, they're both Fort Wayne guys. They both played for the Comets. Yep. I I, I hate to say it, but the, and this is another one. I got both names written down in the next part of the bracket. I, I got to go with Andy Bezo. I think he's just a little crazier. He might not be meaner. But I think he's a little crazier. He'll get the jump on Rammer, and he'll just edge him out. Huh? That's interesting. Um, Alec, what are you thinking? I turned to the video footage here. Um, I, I think there's only one or two fights of theirs on YouTube, and in both the fights, I had I, I would give the the nod to Rammer. So I'm going to go with Bruce Ramsey here over Andy Bizu. You know, it's funny, and I don't. Uh, as 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 it was at the time, and I'd get the IHL fight cl- uh, videos and everything else. I just ne- I never thought Bezo was that good. Actually, um, he's just sort of this like, well, he he runs around like Hunt, like he's crazy and whatever. And but when he fight, he'd like kind of spaz and it would like throw and he'd fall down right away and windmill punches and yeah. Um, it was over the years later when I kind of got a fight DVD, I kind of grew into appreciating him a lot more. Um, but he was definitely crazy. And, uh, you know, what's the one year there in Fort Wayne? It's like 74 games. He had like 10 goals and like 590 penalty minutes. It was just, I know the DVD from that year is just basically a Bezo fight tape. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a little asshole, ran around. I've talked to a few guys. I know Engelstad couldn't stand him. Uh, him and Mel had a bit of a rivalry in the eye there. Um, but Rammer did it forever in Thunder Bay, forever in Grand Rapids, toe-to-toe. Took a few lumps now and again when you fight that style, but fought everybody. Great, fun to watch fight. He was Him and Mayotte had some battles, and um, uh, just Rammer over the years had some battles with everybody, including Andy. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go with the Rammer in this one. And uh, But, again, 
you know, I, I get it. Bezos got a lot of fans. And I mean, as, like I said, he's growing on me now at the time I hated him, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was definitely, uh, entertaining to watch for sure. Both these guys were, um, speaking of entertaining, um, man, this next one's tough too. The wrecker, Joel Reckless versus Colt King. Um, Alec, what are you thinking? This is another toss-up, and you asked me tomorrow, I could probably change the answer, but um, I had to go with uh, Reckless here. Um, I, I think he's just got a little bit more pedigree in terms of opponents um, as opposed to King, so I, I think that's probably my honestly my only reasoning I went with it. I know, I know some asshole by the name of D-Skunk out on YouTube has uh, a few fights of theirs up, so you could probably go check those out if you've ever heard of them. Some, Who? some people might know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he could probably, I mean, he since he's actually got the uploads, he could probably give you better insight than I could. But I went with Reckless here, um, just based on pedigree. What are we saying there, Jay? Yeah, I don't know about uh, whoever got the fights up on YouTube. Uh, check them out; they're probably pretty good, pretty good tilts. But <laughs> I, I got to go with Wrecker. Um, Colt King is a guy I got a I got a lot of respect for. He could, you know, he could play first line minutes and he could beat up fourth line guys, but. I think Wrecker is just a little too strong, punches a little too hard. I think he takes it. Um, and I'll throw out another name just just real quick. His brother, Mark, was actually a, a pretty tough kid. Didn't play all that long, but uh, he was a tough kid too. But, yeah, I, I got to go with Joel in this one. Sorry, old Colt 45, but uh, Wrecker takes this one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both guys. Um, I would pick Wrecker just for the fact that um, – that was more of his role, and he did it more. And I've seen more footage of him. Um, speaking of Brett Gallant, Brett Gallant and Joel Reckless, I think have fought about seven times, and none of them were boring. Go watch those fights. I don't think there's been a boring record fight. I don't think that's a. I don't think that even exists. Um, if you listen, to, if you listen to one of the fights that they have, the announcers talking about it, and it was like this was voted like these guys got voted fight of the year last season, and this is their first meeting. So, like you said, there's no boring fight between the two. No, I mean, somebody had put up like a. I remember I first got introduced. Somebody had put up like a. I mean, I'd seen some of Wrecker's fights, and you, you, after you watch so much stuff, it all sort of balls up together and you forget. But somebody put like a nine-minute or a ten-minute like just Wrecker fight thing on YouTube, and you just watch it, and it's just insane. Like every fight, I remember Steve Parsons was just going nuts watching it. Like he's just like, oh my god, like who is this guy? Like he just couldn't believe it. He loved it, and uh, yeah, Wrecker. Yeah, like again, Colt King, Matt, guy could hit. I mean, in the limited footage I've seen of him, most of the stuff's actually UK stuff that I've seen. Yeah, he was he he was killing guys, and uh, and like Jay put it perfect, right? First line guy beating up fourth line players. So, I mean, um, yeah, either or, but I'm just kind of going with the record just because of the numbers and and uh, fighting more. But um, yeah, that's a that was a tough matchup. But uh, we'll I see. Think- I what? think maybe that'll all put us back into uh, Joe Lozito's good graces. I know oh, yeah. It was a Islanders guy. Joe, if this one's for you, buddy. Oh, yeah. We, we're all getting Christmas cards now again. Oh, we'll get Christmas gifts. We'll all be holding Joe's balls this Christmas. It'll be good. Yeah. It'll well, be the only thing holding my balls will be a pair of Joe Lozito's Coliseum Chronicles leggings, which you can get at Coliseum Chronicles store. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I ordered a pair of those, and I ordered the XL, and he sent me a medium. And I'm actually wearing them right now, 
and his face kind of looks like Mr. Potato Head on my leg. As I say, not only that, it probably looks like a sausage coming out of its casing at the same time. Oh, it, it, there, there's there's a lot of frog eye going on. <laughs> it's a one-eyed monster. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, Joe's nose got a lot bigger. Yeah. A lot smaller, one of the two. <laughs> I can it here. Yeah. Like, like, what are we, uh, smuggling Swedish berries over there? What are we doing? Yeah. Okay, well, you and your grapes, hold on. We got another one here. Speaking of Parsons, there you go. Big Steve Parsons and Barry Nykar. Uh Alec. What's going on? We got to get Searson. This is when you make the remote phone call to Searson. He'll be yelling know, and screaming at his dashboard right now. I like it because I know he's a fucking Nikar fan, but I got to go with Steve Parsons here. Nikar, and, and, and I, who was it? I think it was uh, Paxton Schulte I had on. Yeah. And, uh, they call him, you know, Barry the Dancing Bear. Nikar is what they, uh, they nicknamed him. Uh, Nikar is a guy you just like, you know, you, you almost had like the Brashear style where he'd kind of hug, hug you for a bit and then throw some punches and then pull you back in, but I, I think Parsons strings him out and, you know, gets the, gets, gets the hands going and gets the gets the win on him because I, his style, I think, is no match for uh, Nykar's style of fighting. So I went with Steve Parsons here. There you go. Jay, were you around the UHL when Parsons was there? I I saw him just a little bit, um, but not a whole lot. That, that was, I was pretty young at that time, but Alex looking at my notes again, I got to go with with Parsons, a um, couple big guys. Parsons just a little bit bigger, and like Alex said, I think he strings him out, and, and Nightcar can't tie him up, and, and Parsons takes the win. Yeah, with Parsons, it's a shame with the injuries, with the wrist injuries and stuff that he had that had to kind of force a quick retirement. But yeah, big guy um, could open up and go when he wanted to. I know he was a real motherfucker. I mean, he uh, he would drive people nuts yapping at him and getting him going and and he was well he even says it on my show when he's talking he was a prick when he played he was mean and uh of course i mean that might in today's world that's just terrible if you're mean but in hockey but <laughs> back then i mean yeah he was big mean fought everybody and uh yeah i was a big parsons fan um Nikar, um i've seen obviously I, I have the flames footage of him and then i've seen of course his uk stuff and yeah tough dude I know he had a bit of a reputation over there in Nottingham. Um, you know, I know the opposing fans certainly hated him. But uh, <laughs> I know Searson, like I said, he's yelling at his dashboard right now. But uh, He's calling, yeah, calling I, us daft pricks or something like that. Oh, know. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Great parenting, him drinking with his kid in the bar there today, too. <laughs> yeah, in the garage making, bar. Making him watch the Florida Gators of all fucking teams. Yeah. Yeesh. yeah. Disgusting. Teething him on Guinness. On Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with Parsons. But uh, it's a hell of a matchup. Well, next one. Well, this is kind of uh this is something. Uh, Frank Littlejohn and Darcy Vero. And, uh, Jay, I mean, I know you've seen some a lot of Littlejohn over the years. What's the call here? Oh, this, this is another one. I went back and forth for probably 15 minutes. Vero was a guy I didn't see a lot of, so I watched a lot of video on him on YouTube. And, man, he, he would go with anybody, especially when he was up in the show. You know, he, he did pretty well against Barnaby 2-2. It was, it was not so much. But I mean, with Hordachuk, Fedoric, pretty much everybody he could lay his hands on, he went with. But Frank Littlejohn is a minor league legend for a reason. About the same size, guys. I went back and forth and back and forth, and I still have nobody written down. But I 
I, I got to go just just a little bit of UHL bias. I got to go with Frank Littlejohn. I think he gets the jump on him, even though Vero, you know, Vero was the guy who would get the jump as often as he could. I think Littlejohn gives him a little poke and then drops the gloves and takes him down. I got to go at the edge to Frank Littlejohn, former uh, Five for Fighting podcast guest as well. Yes, he was. What's the Five for Fighting say about this? Well, it's fucking A. You got to go with Little John. I give the nod to him as well. Five for Fighting podcast guest. Um, Vero, like you said, definitely willing would go with anybody, but I think the uh, Little John is just a little bit better, so I give the edge to him. Um, it, it, tough dude. Like you said, Vero might get the jump on him, but I think even if he did get the jump, Little John would still uh, you know, finagle his way out there and string him out somehow and uh, you know get, get the hands going. So I got to go with Little John on this one. I think this would be an outstanding fight. You get, like you said, about yes. the same size, and they're just going to start swinging at each other. I think it would be very reminiscent of the Hortichuk fight with Barreau. Um But I'm going to say two things here, and I'm going to be, I'm going to go with, I'm on Team Vero here. One, he's a Saskatchewan boy, so I'm going to go with him for that. And two, I've, uh, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. I'm almost going to seal it here, so I'm sealing the deal right here by picking Darcy. You got to sweeten it up a little. Oh bit. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I am. You're buying my vote right now. But, uh, no, either or, uh, big fan of both these guys, and I think it would be a hell of a tilt. And, uh, yeah, man, either or. But I'm going to go. Vero would have some great fucking KHL stories, too, I'm sure. I know. That's kind of why I really want to get him on. So, yeah. Well, because he was there with Rasty and Jablonski at the same time, right? Well, he had that fight with Jablonski when, like, Jablonski's, like, hammer-fisting him and shit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, because but because I didn't realize that Vero played that long over there. Like I think he played. Well, yeah. I got it written down. He played six years in Russia. So, and I think he, I mean, he was having. Yeah, I think the first year he was over there. He had five hundred minutes because you know the Russians never seen nothing like that before. Saskatchewan yeah, hailstorm coming at him. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he, I think he ran around on a lot of teams and scared everybody and beat people up and then. So I think when the Yablonski and them got brought over, I think it was for that specific reason too, because Yablonski did shit out of character in that fight. Because normally he never hit guys and they were down or what you know what I mean. It would after it was right. over, it was over. This one he's down there trying to knee him and he's hitting him when he's down. So you know he got sent out too. Well, he probably talked about it on. Did you guys talk about that on your show with him? Or do you even remember? That was, that was so long ago. That was, yeah. he was like Yablonski was like this. Like second or third guy yeah. I ever had on the podcast. So that's true. I was actually you know, speaking of that. I was just thinking. I was like, man, I should really get him back on and do a live interview in the the Enforcer Appreciation Group. So I should probably set that up and we could talk about that. And we'll fucking look at the footage and break it down. That'd be great. Yeah, I was gonna send something to Yablonski the other day, like kind of do like a five toughest opponent thing. But uh, yeah, he because uh, I mean, you know, he's a great guy. Like he doesn't give a shit, right? So he'll oh, just, yeah, no, he'll, he'll fucking lay the mouth on anybody. He exactly. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be interesting. But uh, well, the final matchup on this side of the bracket uh, is another one, good one, uh, that actually happened in the NHL preseason, if I'm correct. Um, John Craighead versus Mike Segroy. Um, Alec. Oh, man, I I, I was looking for footage. I can't remember if it was out there. Um, But I know that they did go, well, you know, Segroy was with Calgary, Yep. And, I, I have a picture of it. I don't know if I've seen the fight, though. And I think I'm, actually, I'm looking it up right now because I almost totally forgot about that. 
but I don't think that the footage. Oh, sure, here we go. Well, I, it's eleven seconds, so that that probably isn't going to tell us much. It's like a news clip. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at it now, just based off of it. I mean, fuck. I mean, it's pretty fucking even. Oh God, I don't know. Um, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll say I'll say Craighead just because we brought up Ramsey earlier, and Craighead was a dude who I mean absolutely laid the beats on Bruce Ramsey. Um, and you know, Segroy, tough dude, bounced around from team to team a bit. Both former guests of the podcast, so great dudes. And again, if you ask me in probably fucking five minutes, I'll say Segroy, but just for the sake of not taking up too much time overthinking, I'll say Craighead right now. That final final answer. There you go, Jay. What's your final answer? I I gotta go against Alec on this one. Um, I think Segroy takes it. Big mean dude. He's got. Quite a bit of size on him. I'll say four or five inches on Craighead. Uh, Craighead was as you know as tough as they come. Sorry, Searson. I know he played in Nottingham, um, but I think Segroy is just too big and too strong and takes him down in the end. I agree. I am actually going to take Segroy as well. Um, I know Craighead uh, was great in the IHL. Lefty ran show over in the UK for a few years. Um, was always really strong. He was actually, I know every year when he went to the Canucks camp, he was always voted like the most in-shape guy in camp. He had his own gym. I mean, guy's jacked, um, as is Segroy, of course. Um, so I don't think there's any strength either way, but advantage. But uh, yeah, again, either or. I mean, Craig had lefty legend, fought everyone in the IHL, you know, from Engelstad, like you said, to Ramsey, to all those guys. Um, oh, and those Engelstad fights were good too. I love the one where they had like two rounds in one fight. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, Segroy, I mean, you know, everyone listening has seen Segroy fights. So, um, yeah, but I'll go with Mike, but uh, hell of a matchup. All right, here we go. We're back after a break here, and we're back on the the other, on the second half of the, of the, uh, the other conference. The other, exactly. <laughs> there we go. The other conference. And, uh, yeah, the first, the tough matchups keep going. And, uh, Oh, here, I gotta, I gotta move Alex's head off my bracket here. Okay, there we go. Why would you want to do that? Well, there we go. Wow, I just, I couldn't see. Move your head. <laughs> it's like it flew right into it. Like it couldn't avoid it. But, um, matchup. Here we are for the next round, the opening bout. <laughs> the missing link. Link Gates versus Chris LaPuma. Alec, what's the call here? I'll keep it short on this one. I'm sorry. LaPuma, great dude, tough dude, but, I mean, it's Gates. There you go. Link. I think Link will go quite a ways. Jay, what's the call? And LaPuma was a guy I didn't know much about. Um, Researched him a little bit. You know, he had some wars. Yeah. You know, Moose Morissette, Angelstad, could throw both hands, but, I mean, it's Link. Let's let's be honest here. No (laughs) offense, Chris LaPuma, but it's Link. Yeah, um, I will. Yeah, I will third that. Um, La Puma. Uh, anybody out there? Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, or you minimal, go do a, some research on him. Just for the simple fact of being a fight fan, go watch because the guy's entertaining as shit to watch fight. Huge KO of Greg Spenrath that was vicious. Um, tremendous fight with Mel Engelstad. Um, him and Mel had a little personal rivalry off the ice too, um, which I think. Mel tried to get into the dressing room after that one fight and got suspended for a while for it. Um, but LaPuma was a tough dude, as Jay said, could throw with both hands. Had some NHL time with Tampa Bay 
and uh, San Jose. I didn't actually realize he had played that many NHL games. He played like 75 games, which surprised me. I didn't think he played that many. But, um, yeah, tough dude and uh, a big fan of La Puma. But uh, Link Gates is Link Gates. And, uh, you know, I don't have to sell anybody on Link Gates. Everybody knows that. So everybody knows Link. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Link. I think La Puma, somebody told me in, uh, when the, during the offseason he was a roadie. For like heavy metal bands or something, he was a roadie, and you know, he was, he, apparently he's a very interesting character, and uh, he'd be a, a, a very interesting interview, and uh, he's a little little different. March. I, I could see him setting up. I could see him setting up speaker stacks for like Steel Panther. Exactly, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a, a very interesting character, but uh, I don't think he's getting up. I don't think he's getting past Link, but. Uh, the second, the next one, <coughs> pardon me, uh, Sean McMorrow versus Serge Roberge. Jay, what's happening in this? Uh, McMorrow is a guy I didn't see a whole lot of, but I've watched an, an awful lot of footage on him. Uh, yep. Roberge is a guy I got to see in the UHL a fair amount. Um, I, this is a tough one, but I think Roberge ties, I mean, they're both technicians. Um, I think Robert ties up McMorrow and then just feeds it to him. I got to go with Serge on this one. Alec? You know, I had McMorrow written down, and this is what I went back and forth on, but I think I got to agree with Jay now. The more I think about it, I got to go with Serge Robert. Both very, very technical fighters. Um, and I, but Serge Robert, the more you think about it, I mean, as far as technical fighters go, he might may have been the very if not one of the best ones of all time in terms of technicality. So I'll go with Sergio Bears here, but nothing against McMorrow, which, you know, props to him for just signing with, um, oh man, that's Riviere, Riviere de Loop. No, it was not with the Marquise. He signed with uh, the 3L team. I think it's Riviere de Loop. I think is what it's called. It's pardon my French out there for anybody who speaks French. I'm terrible at it, so I apologize. But it's the 3L team, the one that Brash was with at the very end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, going back at it, guy's in great shape. He's fought a million guys, a million fights, and uh, I think it'll be his last one. This is his last uh, last go at it. So the last oorah of you know, like the really you know the peak L and H fighters. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll you know good luck to him, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to watch this season. But uh, yeah, in terms of this matchup, I got to pick Serge as well. Um, yeah, just a technician um, guy. I mean, I don't know. You watch, you watch enough Serge fights. I'm really looking forward to seeing Jay's uh, old uh, Yuka there in Finland, uh, up at Santa's workshop. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting the uh, Serge Robert set that he's working on. Um, yeah, the guy was an artist when it came to fighting. I mean, both hands could tie you up. As I've told the story a bunch of times, but Mike McWilliam mentioned it on my show when he fought Serge that Serge tied him up so bad in his jersey that he actually had to get cut out of it by the trainer. That was the only way he was getting out of it. <laughs> so it was like, uh, yeah. But at the same time, if you wanted to go if wanted to go open, I mean, you got the fight there where he drops Jim Kite. And, I mean, Serge could go open too. He had an open fight with Kimball on YouTube. And um, he could certainly do that as well. But, I mean, his, you know, his forte, I guess, was kind of the grappling style and the cross grip and, and all that. And I just think he would... Uh, I think McMorrow would just have his hands full. And uh, it'd be a lot of dirty boxing, I think, would be going on. But, uh, yeah. But, as we said before, good luck to Sean here this year. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So, paying a little more attention to the LNAH this year. 
But uh, speaking of the LNAH, uh, a one-time kingpin of the LNAH, uh, and now he's probably just the shot caller, I think, in jail. But uh, Pat Cote versus Kevin Holiday. Um, Alec, what's the call here? So I got Pat Cote taking this one. When I think of Pat Cote, especially in the LNH, all I could ever picture is that that picture of him, and I forget who's in the background of it. Pizziak, that's right. I mean, of course, it's, I don't even have to, like, I, I just said one sentence and he already knew exactly what photo I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's him jacked, jacked to the gills on the bench uh, for Laval during a brawl, you know, tarps off, covered in, like, Vaseline. It looks like the fucking Top Gun volleyball scene is exactly what it looks like. And Pat Cote was just, and the LNH was mean. And we mentioned it before with his fight with Varhog when Varhog, like, blew out his ACL and his knee. And Cote's just giving it to him. There's no good fight or, you know, oh, you know, can't wait to work out with you next season, bro. He's he's making fun of him, going off the ice, flailing around, making fun of Varhog after he just pretty much ruined his whole season. Um, I, I think Cote's just got that extra, I, I guess, step where he's just, he's just fucking mean, man. Cote was just mean. And many guys who have fought in the LNH will mention how, like, he just didn't know what he was going to do. Um, and Holiday's no slots for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people will know him from the Tough Guys documentary, and he broke the record for the, the CHL for most fights in the season. But I got to give the nod to Cote here. Jay, this this one was tough for me. Um, obviously, a lot of people you know you watch Tough Guys, you're going to know Kevin Holiday from the Central League, but he spent the majority of his career in the UHL with you know spent a lot of time in Thunder Bay, a little bit of time in Rockford, a little bit of time in Fort Wayne. A guy who's synonymous with the U-Haul League, tough as they come. But if you're talking, you know, prime versus prime, you, you look at Pat Cote, and he is just absolute monster. And it breaks my heart, but I, I got to give Pat Cote the edge on this one. Yeah, so do I. Um, Holiday, yeah, like you said, other than the tough guy stuff, I've seen some of his fights. He'd get in there, toe-to-toe guy, you know, um, would certainly fight everybody. Like you said, had the record for most fights in the Central. And i like to see, I wish I could see some more Thunder Bay footage of him. Um, but yeah, Cote, that's just an extra, there's an extra level of mean there with Cote. And um, I go back to like what Alec was saying, but uh, when you watch the Tough Guys documentary, when Holiday kind of throws that kind of that extra sucker shot on Mike Payne, and he's like feeling really bad about it after and all oh, I go see him, but I made sure he was okay and whatever. Patrick Cote would not give a fuck. <laughs> He'd hit him twice, you know, and then tell him to stay down. If he does, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, and mock him coming off the ice. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just it up to the crowd. Yeah. It just did not give a shit. And, uh, it was just a mean dude. That's just the way he played. He was mean. Um, was, you know, unfortunate with the, with the drug issues and everything else at the border and, ended his NHL career, but even in his, his run there in Nashville. Anybody go back and watch Patrick Cote's rookie year in Nashville? He is awesome. Led the league in fights, had had awesome fights, dropped McCarthy. He was awesome in the NHL. When he was on his game and had his head about him and was, you know, I don't, I don't know about how straight and narrow he was, but uh, when he had his shit together, Cote was lethal. And... uh yeah, like I said, I've had a bunch of guys on this show. They've all said the same thing. Probably the scariest guy they've ever played against. And uh, massive. And then his second run there in, in Laval at the end, 05, 06, 06, 07 in there. 
I mean, the guy could have been playing linebacker. Well, hell, he could have been playing offensive line in the CFA <laughs> in the Canadian Football League. I mean, I mean, I think somebody said he was two seventy. You know, and it's just like with about probably you know five percent body fat, and uh, and unfortunately, that's what caused all his injuries. He kept getting muscle tears and everything, and but um, yeah, when when he got out of his jersey. Good night, Jim Kite. Yeah, it was bad news. So, yeah, Pat Cote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one, veteran here. Uh, Bruce Bruce Shoebottom versus Nasty Morasty. Jay, what's going on in this one? I got to tell you, Bruce Shoebottom was a guy I didn't know a whole lot about. I went on YouTube, did some research, and if you're a fight fan and you know you're a little bit younger, Go and, and search Bruce Shoebottom. You're going to be entertained. Uh, pretty big size difference here, but I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's Morasty. The, the recency bias is there. I got to go with Nasty on this one. Um, obviously, he didn't care how big you were. He would stand in the pocket and just throw. And you take a two-by-four to put that guy down. I, I got to go with Nasty on this one. Alec? I'm in the same same boat as Jay. Uh, Got to go with Morasty. Shoe bottom, definitely willing, but I mean it, it's it's Morasty we're talking here. Um, what more can you, we said it all about Morasty, and everybody knows I'm a huge Morasty fan, so my bias is probably showing here. But most entertaining fighter of all time in hockey, if you ever ask me. So uh, I'm more curious to see what would happen if those two won. You know, we got Kote and Morasty moving on. They actually never fought each other in the LNH, surprisingly. Um, so I'd be curious to see how that match would ever go down in real life. But yeah, for for the sake of Shubata versus Morasty, I got to give it to John here. I agree. Um, Shubata, definitely a legend. I know in Maine when he played for the Mariners, uh, fans would throw shoes on the ice. Um, he was a, he's a fan favorite. He was up for the Bruins for a while. Um, I think he had about a hundred fights versus the Buffalo Sabres in his brief call-ups. Um, but yeah, just one of those old eighties, early nineties, AHL legend guys, him and Serge Roberge have a really good fight on YouTube. Um, Bruce Shoebottom, interestingly enough, um, was involved in an off ice incident with the Tulsa police. When he got into a fight with a penalty box guard in Tulsa, and uh, when he was playing for Oklahoma City, he got into a fight with the, in Tulsa with the with the security guard of the penalty box, which turned out to be a I be, I don't know if it was an off duty Tulsa cop or an on duty Tulsa cop, but he ended up fighting about four Tulsa cops and got pepper sprayed and the whole nine yards. And that whole saga is on YouTube, uh, the news footage of it and everything, and he sued them. I believe successfully. I'm not sure how much money he got from it, though. But, uh, yeah, before he had the penalty box boat there. But, uh, yeah, the shoe. Definitely a minor league legend. And then, I mean, everyone listening knows Morasty. I don't have to sell anybody on Morasty. So, uh, but I got John winning this one. I think he would just be busier of the two. And uh, I don't think he's putting shoe down or anything like that. But I think, you know, she would just take it and just be a little bit slower. And, and John would take it. But, uh this next one will be interesting. It's Jerry Fleming versus Tristan Grant. Jay, give me the skinny here. Are you there? Jay, you there? Hello? Yes. You got, you got, you got, you got me? Yeah. I muted my... These damn iPhones muted my phone. No. Um, no, I... This what, is a tough one for me. You, you fucking old people. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'm a big Tristan Grant fan. You know, dude was tough as nails, strong as they come. I didn't know a whole lot about Jerry Fleming. Did some research on him, and he fought everybody. Yeah. I mean, he had a hell of a fight with Link. Um, I think he did. I mean, call it what you will. I think he he put the beats to Vial, made Vial kind of turtle up a little bit, fought Bondi, Rocky. Did had a hell of a fight against Grim Reaper, and I honestly think Jerry Fleming, his size, he's gonna he's gonna take it to to Grant there. Alec, I'm the I'm in the same boat. You look at the pedigree that Fleming has. Like he said, the the fights with Gates and Vial and Grimson, and uh, I think he's just a little bit more seasoned in the in terms of you know the heavyweights he's going after. Tristan Grant, not a slouch at all by any means, and I know. You know, that same de-skunk channel out there on YouTube has Tristan Grant just absolutely one-punching the dude straight off the face-off before the puck even drops, so that was great. I love uh, that I love that clip so much. That guy's sitting it there. It makes everybody cry so hard. Oh, and, and that guy's just running I, his fucking lips, and he just yeah, gets I, it. I feel bad about that click because I was about 10 seconds too late in starting the video, and what you don't see is, yeah, you don't see the guy from Fort Wayne just running his mouth and give him a cross check and saying, all right, let's go. And then Grant, he's like, all right, let's go. It's time to go. And the guy from Fort Wayne just looks away. Yeah. That, that is like that, that clip just in a nutshell is current day hockey. Everything yes. that's wrong with current day hockey is that right there. And unfortunately he was messing with someone that was in a, the decade before that. And he paid for it. And uh, I don't feel sorry for him whatsoever. And I, and of course, all the New Age fans, like Alex said, crying about Tristan Grant. Now, fuck that. That guy got everything he deserved. Yo, well, what's the kids say nowadays? What do they say? Fuck around and find out? Exactly. He fucked around and he found out for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll fuck around, fuck around. Pretty soon you won't be around. And, uh, yeah. He all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's running his lips and then looking at the lights. So it's like, well, I—I I mean, I've—I've I've never understood that with all these guys. You—you're at the face-off, and it's not like you're lining up against a guy that doesn't have a rep. Like he knows who that is, and you're gonna cross-check him, run your mouth, and then when the guy's saying, "Okay, fine, let's go," you decide to look away. Like, how stupid are you at this point? That's like going into a bar. I'm going to pick a fight with this guy all night. And then when he decides to, okay, let's go. I'm going to look away and like go drink my beer. Like, are you serious? Like, of course you're going to get drilled. And then they call it a sucker punch. That's taxing the very definition of the word sucker punch. How could it be a sucker punch when the guy tells he's going to do it? Like, no, I didn't feel sorry for that clown whatsoever. He's the one who, he initiated it. He gave him a little shot. Exactly. Yeah, like you said, I'm not going to a bar and shoving a guy and saying, all right, let's go, and then turn around and walking away. Yeah. Oh, and then when he drills you, you wonder why. Oh, I wasn't yeah, ready. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. I don't know. What, what are you waiting for? You know, like, oh. But well, uh, maybe they didn't, they didn't do cardio training in the off season, and Grant didn't submit his fight request in triplicate, and it wasn't <laughs> signed by a notary public. Exactly. You didn't get your parent to sign off on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't Snapchat him between periods to let him know. Um, yeah. I mean, that, well, to go back to the matchup, like Jerry Fleming, for those, again, that are unfamiliar, go to YouTube. You will be 
immensely entertained watching Jerry Fleming fight, let me tell you. Um, he would, he played forever in Fredericton in the American League out on the rock and, uh, he fought everybody. Massive dude. And, uh, yeah, gave it to Gates, Bonvi, Rocky. I mean, I know Tristan, uh, he's been on my show a few times, been a great guest, good guy, always enjoy talking to him. I, it pay, it hurts my feelings because I know he's listening to this and I hate to do it, but I got Jerry winning this one. Um, just the size, and uh, I think if old Tristan actually went back and watched some Fleming fight clips, he'd probably say the same thing, actually. But uh, but Grant, I'll tell you, had a temper and didn't fuck around, and in the Western Hockey League, when he was playing for the Vancouver Giants, you can ask Dustin Slade, the goalie, in Regina about messing around with Tristan Grant and what happens to you. And uh, yeah, so uh, he didn't piss around, and I was a big... I, look, Hey, another another Vancouver Giant. I can remember again, Chris telling me you got to see this dude. And uh, I was a Grant fan from since he's been seventeen years old as a Tristan Grant fan. So, um, yeah. But uh, I think I got Jerry in this one. But uh, huh, this next one, boy, this will be uh, the replies to this will be interesting. Um, and I know McIntyre is very active on social media, so I'm actually curious to what he says. Um, ah, he's, he's so nice. He'd probably, he'd probably tell everybody to vote for Bossy anyway. But, uh, Steve McIntyre versus Steve Bossy. And, uh, Jay, what's happening? This is another one. This, this was one of the hardest ones, the hardest yeah. matchups that I had to deal with. Um, I think no matter what rink, no matter what night of the week, this is going to be a main event fight. You got guys coming from two hours away just to watch this fight. Obviously, Steve Bossy, you know, huge LNIH guy. I mean, hell, UFC guy. But I got to go with Big Mac on this one, Steve McIntyre. I, maybe it's the bias. You no, know, he played here in Quad City. Um, I, I got to go with, with, they call him the diesel here in QC. I got to go with the diesel on this one. I think just the size, the strength. He, he, just, he just edges out Bossy in this one. Alec, this is your re- this is your wheelhouse, the LNAH. Oh, I know it, and I, I gotta I gotta agree with Jay here. As much as I love the LNAH, well, actually, both of them played in the LNAH. Well, the, well true. When Mac was there, it was the QSBHL. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, of course, they would know that if they went over and tuned into the Fourth Line Voice episode with Steve McIntyre. But Damn I gotta right. go with big. <laughs> I gotta go with big Mac here. Um, Boss, obviously, Quebec League legend, went on to fight in the UFC. Um, and you know, one of the few guys to ever like actually KO Morasti. Uh, not many people have that notch in their belt there, but uh, I think McIntyre's just too big, and he gets Bosse out. And Bosse Bosse was very good at standing in the pocket and throwing, but it, it, if McIntyre can you know spin him around a little bit and of course string him out, I think Max just going to lay the hammer on him. Uh, more seasoned. If, uh, when I think of McIntyre in his prime. And, you know, you, you take Bosse and uh, Laval or uh, St. Jean. I think of McIntyre and Providence and, of course, his time in the, the NHL. And he was just an animal. He was, uh, it was like a Sasquatch trying to fight him. It was insane. So I got to go McIntyre. I agree with both of you. I would take McIntyre as well because I think he'd be smart enough to not stand there and trade punches, plant his blades and trade punches with him. Because if he did that, there's a good chance he would be getting put out. Um, you know, when you got Bosse, who, like you said, ended up, you know, was 
picking up fight of the night bonuses in the UFC. So, I mean, you know, clearly he can hit, um, that, which goes beyond, I think the average hockey player. Um, I don't care what league you're in. Um, but I, I could see this fight going the way how Tyler Lawson fought Steve Bosse and how Varhog fought Bosse when they kind of string him out and they use their size and get him moving. Um, and I think that's what McIntyre would do. And uh, I think Bossy would be in trouble if, if you got him moving in the fight. If you're going to plant your blades, he can beat anybody. I don't care who it is. Anyone in hockey he could beat if you're going to stand in front of him and try to trade with him. But if you're going to move him and get him moving, uh, you have a chance against him. And I think McIntyre would do just that. And uh, yeah, diesel it is for me. But uh, this next one. Interesting. A minor league legend. Well, two minor league legends. The animal, Frank Bialois versus Val James. The first African-American American to play in the NHL. And uh, and for those, uh, if you're looking for something to read, Val has a very good biography out, uh, Black Ice. I highly recommend picking that book up. It's very good. A lot of fight stories in there. And uh, Alec, what do you figure? Bialois, Val James, what's happening? Well, real quick, i got to clarify something because I know people are going to be like, well, Willie O'Ree was the first African-American. Willie O'Ree was the first African-Canadian to play about yes. was the first African-American. Yep. So there's, that's where, because I've, I've gotten yelled at on social media by people by that. They, they're <laughs> called racist, because apparently that makes me racist. Um, I, I got, Val James, very tough dude. If you ever go back, Val James was very good at standing in the pocket and throwing. I mean, yep. Val James is awesome. But I, I got to go with Bia Lewis here, and maybe it's, Maybe it's my bias showing since Bialois just made me a little pretty penny for, for a Danbury Trashers jersey. Um, Frank just gave De- Alec his down payment on his house. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Frank's winning this whole goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, both Frank every time. <laughs> but, I mean, it, in all honesty, I think it was because I never really looked into Bialois that much and also another Five for Fighting podcast alumni. Yep. Um, I think it was Steve that had sent me a, like a long time ago, uh, of course, when Probert was king. And he sent me a Bylos videotape, and goddamn, even through the videotape, there's fights that are on there that aren't on YouTube, and you look on YouTube, Bylos did not lose many at all. And I think, unfortunately, with Val James, he's a product of being in a time where there's not that much footage out there of Val. So, and, and Bylos was in, in the NHL, and it was just it was NHL uh, and AHL, of course, but it was just absolute killers. And Bylos, I. You could probably count on one hand how many you lost. So I got to go with Frank the Animal. Jay, what are you saying? What did he mute his phone again? Jay, are you there? <laughs> what? Yep i i This is the first time I've ever had a lengthy conversation on an iPhone, and I got to <laughs> tell you, I hate this damn thing. I can date yourself. God damn. Well, we can hear you. I'm sorry, I'm not one of these young millennials that. Have their iPhones and their snap faces. Yeah, Jay, Jay, sorry, sorry, folks. Jay's used to using a you know a rotary phone or maybe like Morse code for tele for, for telephone calls or communicating with people. This is this is one hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> I didn't know a whole lot about Val James before going into this. I did. I read quite a bit about him, and it, he's an impressive individual. Um, he would he'd stand in the pocket and bang, but I got to go with the animal on this one. Not just because, uh, you know, he did play a few games here in the UHL with Danbury, and not just because he made Alec a mint, but I, I think he's just he's just a little, little, little too strong, a little too mean, and he takes it to, takes the edge on Val James. 
Yeah, I think unfortunately what hurts Val, of course, with anytime you're doing a tournament like this, and we were talking about this before we got going, and I'm sure people are going to be whining and bitching that this guy's not in it and that guy's not in it, and this guy was awesome back when we had season tickets in 77 in Des Moines. You know, I mean, unfortunately, there's not a lot of video on a lot of these guys. And uh, Val's one of those guys. There are, though, there's a, there's, you know, there's probably about 15, 20 fights of Val on YouTube because I was watching it today just to get a refresher. Um, yeah, big dude, tough, uh, you know, could throw with both hands, kind of like a boxing pedigree. Um, gave it to O'Reilly in his one call up. I mean, Terry's older at the end, but still, it's Terry O'Reilly. Um, no, just a real tough dude, but. Yeah, like you said, with Bialois, you got that uh, unpredictable factor. And I think even if they were tied up, Frank's not afraid to headbutt you. Just ask Richie Walcott. He'll take you, <laughs> you know. So, and then, I mean, he's got, and he just kind of got the, the he's the animal, right? And he'll freak out and uh, either or in this case. But, uh, yeah, I got Frankie too. But uh, two legends. But, again, everybody, Black Ice, tremendous book. Highly recommend people pick it up. Um well, the final matchup in this division here, um, a Fort Wayne legend, I, th- I believe they retired his number, uh, Stephen Fletcher versus Rhett Trombley, the Golden Rat. Um, Alec, what's happening here? So these are two guys I didn't know, and I, you know, I don't know too too much about. They're a little bit before my time. Um, and I know Fletcher is legendary with, uh, <laughs> as you, I think you brought up before with the Topper fight and. You, Folks can see yeah. the most gruesome things you'll ever see in a hockey fight. Uh, he gets Topper down and basically just uh, Topper's arm is up. And I know people can't see me as I'm pantomiming this. Of course, Darity can see with the, the camera. But takes Fletcher's arm, or excuse me, takes Topper's arm and just wrenches it back and basically pretty much just breaks it and pulls it out of its socket. One of the most gruesome things. So, um, and Trombley, another tough dude. Uh, fuck, you could look at his fights. He could bang too. Uh, you ask me tomorrow, I could probably say something different. I think I picked Trombley on this one. Uh, just for the sake, I, I think I've seen a little bit more video of him. So I went with, went with Rhett in this one. Um, I don't know what Jay has, but that's just my personal opinion on it. Jay, what's happening? I went back and forth with this one quite a bit. Um, Rhett was a guy I didn't know a whole lot about a little before my time. But yeah, he, he would bang with anybody. Uh and, and Fletcher and Toporowski, obviously their their rivalry is legendary. If I'm not mistaken, the IHL passed a rule where one could not play in the other's barn after the broken arm incident. Yep. I think they tore the penalty boxes apart to get at each other at one point. And maybe this is just my bias. I, I kind of want to – they probably won't make it, but I'd like to see these two in the finals. i got to go with Fletcher on this one. There you go. Yeah, Fletcher's a legend in Fort Wayne for sure. Um, and in Sherbrooke. Um, yeah, big dude. Uh, yeah, could definitely throw. Um, I'm going to be biased, of course, with the Golden Rhett being a Saskatchewan boy and playing for the Blades here. That's where my exposure came to him. Uh, met him a few times off the ice. Um, big guy. Um, not a lot of footage. I mean, I saw him play, obviously, fighting junior, but not a lot of pro footage. Um or at least, I mean, I have a lot, but I mean, it's not up on YouTube. But yeah, he, he grew up the hair. He looked like the Undertaker. And uh, yeah, he. but some of the fights that are on YouTube, um, great fight with Mel Engelstad. But Mel's wearing that god-awful Phoenix Roadrunner jersey. And uh, there's that one. And then a couple couple when he was in Vegas. I have a couple fights with him and Darren Kimball uh, when he was in Carolina. Um, yeah, Trombley, big dude. Yeah. Um, 
Again, either or, but uh, I'm, my Saskatchewan bias is going to come out, and I got to go with Rhett. And uh, yeah, there we go. But some great matchups here so far, and uh, we're going into the uh, the back the, the the final the final group here. Um, and there are some big names in this one. And uh, we'll start off uh, Yabo uh, Jeremy Yablonski versus John Baduk. Uh Jay, what do you got here? This this was a tough one. I didn't know a whole lot of Badook going in. I, you know, looked at as many videos as I could, and he he was a pretty tough dude. He was a little bit bigger than I thought. Just you know, you hear the name, um, put up some pretty decent PIM numbers. Damn near four hundred minutes in early nineties in Hamilton in the AHL. But I, I got to go with Yabo on this one. Again, maybe it's the recency bias, but there's there's a lot more footage of Yabo out there. And he was just a monster. So I, I got to go with Jeremy Yablonski just to uh, just to take the edge out. And just because I know he's listening, um, the head coach of the Quad City Storm told me just, just, just a quick story about Jeremy Yablonski. They were both playing in the coast. I think uh, Dave Shinichny is the coach of the Storm. They were playing in Idaho. And Yabo told him, um, we're, we're going tonight. And Dave Shadichny said, no, we're not. And the entire night, Yabo chased him around. And then Shadichny said, uh, no, we're not. And just jumped on the bench said, and hang out. Eh, last, I think he said the last half of the third period, hung out of the bench just because he knew Yabo wanted him. And just that reputation kind of carries it for me on this one. Alec? I got to say the same thing, and maybe recency bias, like Jay says. Uh, but Yablonski, another former guest on the podcast, I, I, fuck, he's just one of those dudes, tough as nails. Um, and I think it, I, one of us, I, maybe it was me, posted a recent picture of you know him fighting Rasty in the outdoor classic, but just legendary tough guy in the AHL. And uh, it's, it's actually a shame that he didn't get more call ups uh, with not only the Senators, but I know he had, he had the one game with the Blues where he fought Fedoric. Um, funny if people listen, he can go back to the interview and listen. He just lays the mouth on Donald Brashear. He was trying to get Brash to fight, and Brash wasn't having it, so he ended up going with uh, Fedorik instead. But yeah, I, I got to give Yablonski the nod on this one. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, Yabo takes this one against still uh, John Baduke. Yeah, Baduke had a legendary uh, reputation coming out of the Western Hockey League. Um, I, yeah, I think he's top five all time penalty minutes in the Western Hockey League. I believe. Um, but yeah, big, big old farmer, tough guy. His number is actually retired in Syracuse. Um, I wish there was more footage. There is outstanding footage of him climbing the penalty box glass in Tallahassee. Um, <laughs> that that is on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Check it out. Him and Louis Bedard go nuts. Um, I know he attacked Steve Martinson when Martinson was crossing the ice as the coach when Purdue was playing for the Miami Matadors, I believe. Um, so, Baduke had the crazy streak. Definitely a tough dude. Um, I got actually a fair amount of his junior fights in Portland on my channel. Um, yeah, big reputation coming out of junior. Put it, like Jay said, put up the big numbers in Hamilton. I have a bunch of Hamilton fights with him. I actually have a lot of Baduke fights on my channel if you're interested. He's definitely a tough guy. But uh, Yablonski, I think that's just a different level. And uh, sort of that new age. It was almost like he was a, like, a, a fighter on like a fighter on skates like it was yeah I think he was more fighter fighter than player and I think it was starting to get into that kind of 
era where these guys were like nuclear missiles and uh gold, gold glove boxer and and he could I mean, they did laid it to guy laid into guys and uh unbelievable and uh, yeah I got Yablonski giving it to the farmer from Saskatchewan well two Saskatchewan guys actually but um well the next one uh Sugar, Brandon Sugden versus Sasha Lakovic, the pit bull, Sasha the Masha. Uh, Jay, what are we doing here? This is one I kind of went back and forth a little bit, but if we're going prime against prime, you know, AHL Sugar, I, I think he takes it unless we're talking a stick fight. Um, you know, Lakovic had, had the, the, the pretty awesome stick fight with Mark LaForge. Um, I think I think uh, Sugar takes this one a, a little easier than some of the other fights we've talked about, and it's it's uh, not a night not a nice night for Lakovic. Alex, what are you doing over there? What are you whipping out here? I hear zippers flying, and yeah, my, my, well, my my beautiful my beautiful cooler here. Oh, there you uh, go. Beautiful bush, well, not even bush latte. Like I said, we're we're going heavy tonight. It's the uh, it's the leaded stuff. Um, but no, I got to go with uh, Brandon Sugden here, and you know Sasha, huge rep, yeah, and you've heard stories sitting there barking like down on all fours, barking in front of the penalty box before a guy gets out, and I mean he saw him going in the stands with Calgary, so huge rep with Sasha. But you talk to some guys, and I think Segroy has been a huge. He really opened my eyes when I interviewed Segroy to Sugden. Of course, I knew who Sugden was before, but. There was a string there in the AHL where he was probably the toughest dude. And, I mean, it wasn't like he was edging guys out. I, Stugden was knocking dudes out. He had a KO on Dennis Bonvi, and it was like four in a row. He was just knocking dudes, like, silly. So I got to go with Stugden. And, I mean, you even look at him in the AHL or even the LNH, and it's a, he's a tough dude to fight. So I give the nod to Sugar. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, that and Segroy said it, and I agree with him. That might be one of the best fight seasons a guy's ever had was that year Sugden had put together in Syracuse. He was a yeah. man on a mission. He was fighting for a contract, really trying to get called up. It's a shame he didn't. Um, but, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's hard enough to knock a guy out in a hockey fight, um, you know. And this guy, he like he said, it was like four or five in a row he did it. And, and we're like, not first – like it wasn't first line guys he was doing it to. Like it was like Bonvi and shit. And uh yeah, sucked him was unreal. Then uh yeah, put it to and then had some beauty tilts in the LNAH when he came back and uh Yeah, I mean I know there's been issues and everything else, but uh yeah, when Sugden had his shit together and he was on to, on on uh you know, focused, it was uh yeah, well you saw what he could do. And uh yeah, Sugden was was a mean dude. Lakovic, um, yeah, crazy. Uh, you know, not the biggest guy. Oh, jacked and everything, but height-wise, not the biggest guy. Um, but um, personally, it's I will actually go out and, from what I've seen, I actually think his brother Greg is a better fighter than he was. I was just, you know what? I was just going to throw that in there. I was like, I was just going to say, I think Greg might have been a little bit better of a fighter than, than Sasha was. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, but, uh, Sasha had the unpredictable factor, like you said, barking like a dog and climbing the glass and doing all that stuff. And, uh, I, there's a one clip on my channel there. It looks like he's going to punch out the ref and yeah, he, uh, he's a crazy dude. And, and, uh, yeah, but I'm going with Sugden in this one. 
Um, the next one. God damn it. <laughs> what, what, who is iPhone? Yeah, what are, what are you researching while we're going on here? Yeah. Well, like this, this fucking phone. So I'm, I'm using my, my other phone tonight, and this, this thing's got shit popping up. I hate it. I hate it. Well, we're we're all, well, we're almost done. Hold on, hold off on your. I don't even. I won't even. I might have to. Edit I'm about to he's about to be a fucking meme. Old man yells an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be heading down. It's gonna be going out the window here shortly. Uh, <laughs> it's going to the bog. There you go. Brendan Walsh versus Trevor Sen. Uh Jay, what are we? What are we doing here? What's this call? Well, Brendan Walsh is a guy I didn't know a whole lot about, but man, he he is about as tough as they come. Mm-hmm. You know he there's some there's some pretty good scraps of him on YouTube, um, but he goes up against Trevor Sen, not just a minor league legend, but you know a UHL legend. Uh, Sen they're they're listed about the same size. Sen was I, I would consider him generously listed at five nine, um, but I think just just as tough Sen is as tough as they come. Fight anybody, no matter how big he is. I I gotta say Trevor takes this one. There you go, Alec. I got to agree with Jay here. Um, and maybe my bias is showing here with Sen. Uh, hopefully he's listened to this. But, you know, he reached out to me on Facebook and said that uh, he'd be in Tampa sometime in November. He'd love to grab a beer. So, and Sen, if you're listening, I'd love to get you on the podcast, but I know we've tried before, and I know you said you might not want to do it. You're not, not the greatest talker, but I think you've got some great stories. So hopefully you listen to this and you end up coming on the podcast, whether it's mine or Darren's. I don't give a shit, but I know you have great stories. Um but I got to give the nod to Sen, minor league legend. If you look at his numbers in the coast with his pims and points, it, it almost looks like something out of a fucking video game. Um, and, you know, Brennan Walsh, no slouch either. Walsh is a tough motherfucker. Um, he, like I think he said it before we got going. If you actually go back and look at Brennan Walsh footage, he, he didn't lose a whole lot. Walsh was tough, but I think Sen was just on a different kind of level. So I give, I, I give Sen the win here. Yeah, this would be a great fight. Um I want to get a hold of. I know Walsh has a bunch of his footage. I want to. He sent me some. I want to. I know he's got a DVD of his shit though. I want to get it because he had a couple big years in in Providence. Um, you know, he didn't actually play. He's a college guy, uh, and then played. Uh, didn't play that long. Um, of course, he's a cop in Boston now. Um, yeah, I think he only. Yeah, six years uh, he played. But um, yeah, uh, I, I, what fight did I just put? I just uploaded a. That was a recent. Oh, Essex. Brad Essex is really good fight with him. And then there's a USHL fight from Junior that he had sent me that I put up. That's a real good one. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy fight. I think it would be very Tasker Senish. I think the fight would be about this, about that kind of style. And uh, like I said, either people could go either or. Um, I'd probably just pick Sen just because of the longevity. He just did it for longer. Um, but I mean, either or. But uh, yeah, both both exciting to watch. Undersized, but just give her shit. Never back down. And uh, they'd be fun to watch. I think the fans are winning that one. That's that's all I'll say. But uh, this ne- this next one will be interesting. Uh, Mad Mel Engelstad versus Mario Roberge. Alec, what are we doing? So I got Mel Engelstad taking this one. Mario Roberge, you know him and his brother, one of the toughest duos to ever play, uh, you know, in in hockey. But Mel Engelstad, when you look at his fights and how many he's actually lost, it's a it's, it's it's rare, and you know he, he went toe to toe with Bob Probert, and you saw him hang in there with him. And I think he was with Dallas, and uh, Probert was with Chicago. Um, you, you see fights like that, and Bob Probert regarded by everybody, not only fight fans but 
fighters in general as the greatest fighter of all time. And if a guy's able to hang in there like that with Probert, uh, speaks volumes. And he, you know, TKO'd Link Gates when Gates was out in Madison. And Mel Angles had a guy who could, you know, I, if he won the tournament, I would not be surprised in the least bit. So I got to give the nod to Mel here. Jay? I'm going to I'm gonna re- just kind of pair what Alex said. I honestly think Mario is a little bit better, just open fighter than, than Serge. I mean, Serge is a better fighter in general, but Mario would fight a little more open. Um, I got to see Mel when he was with Thunder Bay a little bit, and there was not many guys in the league that would even come near him, let alone think about dropping the gloves. You know, his, his resume speaks for itself. And, and he's the only guy to wear number 69 in the NHL. <laughs> Bonus points for that. So, so, so Mad Mel's got to take the edge on it for me. Yeah, this would be a great matchup. I know, uh, I know Mel has a couple interesting fights with Serge that are on YouTube, um, which were very close bouts. But Serge was smart and tied him up. I think Mario would probably, would probably take notes from his brother and try to do the same thing. Um, both super tough dudes. I mean, again, if somebody wanted to say Mario, okay. Um, but if they wanted to turn it into a slugfest, I'd go with Mel just for the fact that, I mean, you could hit Mel with a Buick and he's not going to go down. So, um, although apparently Friedrich was driving the Buick, but, uh, that was the only time <laughs> I ever saw Mel get manhandled like that, to be honest. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my, again, my Saskatchewan bias. I'll go with the Saskatoon guy. Uh, but yeah, Mad Mel, I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody knows these guys, both of them, um, you know, and, and Mel just, like I said, I think he would just be wide open and just go and, you know, Mario could hit him with everything and he's just going to keep coming. And, uh, yeah, I think the Jersey be coming off and Mel be going nuts and, uh, maybe he'd pull a uh, couple and start headbutting Mario too. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I said, Mel, what the hell did you headbutt him for? He goes, so he'd never do, he'd never think about doing it again. Yeah. That was his answer. So it was like, all right. But, um, yeah, mad Mel for me, but, uh, Mel's never won this one in five years. I think he's been in the final four every year and he, uh, he hasn't won it yet. So maybe we'll really, see. I thought, I thought for sure he's won it. No, he's been in the final a couple times too, and he hasn't, but, uh, we'll see this year, but, uh, well, I'll get, I'll get the fucking hashtag going like Steve. This is Mel Engelstad awareness month. Mel's <laughs> yeah, hashtag Mel's angels. Mel, Mel's angels. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had the big balcony sign up there in Winnipeg when I was there. Mel's angels. Um, actually that's one of the coolest pieces of, uh, enforcer, uh, that I have is the, uh, Harley Davidson, Mel Engelstad, Manitoba Moose giveaway poster. Yeah, I got that one. I love that one. But, uh, uh, what's, oh, I minimized my screen again. Now I'm fighting with my screen. The old men are having trouble with computers today. Um, the McLaren? Yeah, there we go. Winger. Brett, who's in the news, of course, with the Trashers documentary and everything else that's been going on. But Brad Wingfeld versus Stone Cold Steve McLaren. Uh, Jay, what's the call? Oh, we got, we got, Back in my wheelhouse, two UHL guys here. Um, Stone Cold spent time with Madison and Fort Wayne, and obviously Winger, he's, he had a lot of time in Elmira, put up some huge numbers in Elmira. Um, and then obviously with you know the, the documentary coming out. But what I'm sure a lot of guys don't know if they're just watching the show, you know, the, the Trasher show, is that Winger was a hell of a player too. 
like he put up damn near 30 goals with Elmira, and I want to say if it wasn't 600 minutes, it was pretty damn close to 600 minutes. Um, you know, McLaren's got some size on him, but but the old wing nut, he's he's unpredictable. He's as, absolutely as tough as they come, and i got to go with Brad Wingfield on this one. Alec? I'll, I'll disagree. Uh, and, J- Jay, I'm looking at the stats now to confirm, and you were right, it was damn near close to 600 pims. With Elmira and the UHL, uh, 0-2-0-3, <laughs> 45 points with 576 penalty minutes. That's in fucking insane. That's not including playoffs. Playoffs, he had another 40. So if you want to be technical, he did break 600 that, that year. Um, but I, I do have to go with Steve McLaren only on the soul. And I'll, I'll use the player bias here with, with what players have said in the, uh, you know, whether it's on the podcast with myself or Darren or uh, in the enforcer appreciation group. Every time you bring up kind of guys who are underrated and you know, guys like Segroy have brought up, you know, Stone Cold Steve McLaren. Um, he's just, they, they say he's just one of the toughest that have ever, they've ever fought or ever seen. And he had that crazy fight. It was with Parker, right? Where he busted up Parker's nose after like, or no, Parker, Parker busted his nose yeah. and he came back and still, it was slugging that. It was insane to go toe to toe with Scott Parker like that. Um, and Winger's definitely no slouch either. We, we, we've all seen what he can do, especially with some recent trasher footage that have, has uh, surfaced with the documentary. But I got to give the slight edge to Steve McLaren here. So, uh, Darren, you were the tiebreaker. Yeah, and I mean, it would be a hell of a fight. And I've, I'm a big fan of both these guys. And, uh, you know, uh, but I, yeah, Stone Cold, I got to go with McLaren just for the fact that. Yeah, he's bringing the hammer, and uh, I think he's got the definitely has the power advantage. And uh, yeah, just from talking to guys that have fought him, I know Steve Parsons said it was unbelievable how hard McLaren hit. Uh, Parker to this day said he's never hit anybody as hard as he hit McLaren, and McLaren just blinked at him and kept coming, and his nose is obliterated, but he didn't go down. It's like ridiculous. And then goes on offense. It's not like, oh, he just held on. No, he like went on offense like nothing happened. And then, and then proceeded to miss like a month while they rebuilt his face. Um, <laughs> you know, but a mean dude. I mean, uh, I know initially, uh, in the IHL, my first ever introduction to McLa- seeing McLaren footage was him drop. He was fighting somebody. It was Ramsey, I think. And then as he's going off the ice, just sucker punches Darcy Simon and drops him. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, who is this guy? <laughs> and uh, he was mean, man. And uh, and then he got to Philly and really found a home with the Phantoms. And, uh, yeah, McLaren. And, yeah, I think he just got the size. And uh, I think he, he's got the power on, on over Wingfeld. But, yeah, Winger, uh, as, as proven in the documentary, is nuts. And, uh you know, I'm sure he'd answer the phone call on the bench, and uh, if he had to go after Stone Cold, <laughs> he'd go after him. So uh, it'd be a hell of a fight, but I think uh, McLaren, just for the power, I think I'll, I'll take Steve. But uh, well, the next one, I'm going to lean on the on you, the youngsters here for this one because I'm not. Uh, this is the one guy I really wasn't too familiar with. Um, well, of course, Wade Brookbank. I'm very familiar with him. Um, Wade Brookbank versus Weapon X, Alex Penner. Uh, Jay, what are we doing here? Well, Brooke Bank is a guy you know I saw a little bit of. I got I, I've seen a lot more firsthand of Alex Penner. Um, I know I told you this, Darren. I won't get I won't get too deep into the story, but uh, I was talking with somebody who had played against Penner, and 
chirped Penner a little bit about his wife, and Penner went absolutely fucking nuts, chasing the guy around the rink with a stick, trying to get at him. Um, by all accounts, you know, Weapon X is one of the toughest new school guys out there. But I got to say, I got to go with Wade Brookbank on this one, um, giving up a little bit of size. If memory serves, I want to say Penner is just a little bit bigger. But I got to go with Wade Brookbeck on this one. The longevity, um, his pedigree, you know, his, his card is a little bit better than Penner's. And I got to go with Brookbeck on this one. Alec, what are you saying? I'm the same way. I got to give the nod to Brookbeck here. His, his, his fight card, I think, is a little bit better. Now, Penner was no slouch. Uh, you see, his, uh, I, I think a lot of people should go check out Alex Penner. I think it was at the CHL he was with. Uh, but his L&H footage towards the end of his career was still very good. He had some great fights with Morasti and, uh, I believe, Joel Terrio. Yep. But Brookbank, I think, is just an, a, a, another little step above him. So I got to give the nod to Brookbank here. Nothing against Weapon X, which is, by the way, one of the coolest fucking like, fight enforcer nicknames ever. Uh, but I got to go with Brookbank here. Yeah, Weapon X, that is a great nickname. There was a really cool, uh, when he was, where was he? Anyway, it was merchandise. I remember they were selling, like, Weapon X shirts. They looked pretty cool, actually. Which reminds me, the other merchandise I forgot to mention was the Steve Parsons Kiss the Fist Tour t-shirt. <laughs> and on the back, it had all the tour dates. It was like one of them old 80s rock shirts that Kiss the Fist Tour. I love it. Oh, that's, it's like, I think when Bondi's last year was going on and they announced it, they made, like, a it was, like, the same thing. Like, the, a rock concert fucking tour shirt of all the dates of the games and shit. It's tremendous. You just don't see any merchandise like or excuse me, no, merchandise like that. That's a great idea. I want I now I'm thinking fuck you should make something for Gallant and sell it. I mean, oh fuck. Yeah. That'd be the, the uh, Brett, if you're listening, we'll we'll split the proceeds. Um but yeah, Brook <laughs> but Brookbank, uh yeah, known Wade since junior. Um of course my brother played junior with him in Melville and uh known Wade since he was eighteen or nineteen, I guess, and twenty. And uh yeah, nice guy. Had him on the show a bunch of times. Big fan. Um, he is also a like not only was a tough guy, or whatever, but he was a fan. He was a student of the game. Watched a lot of video, and uh, he was really fun to talk. Like even off the air, we dissected a lot of guys like talking about him, and and yeah, and I know he's listening, and uh, he is definitely a, a, a like I said, a student of it and YouTube fan, and uh, definitely a fan of the Drop Your Glove site, and. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't too from. I mean, I knew Alex Penner, whatever, but I had to go back and kind of refresh myself. Yeah, tough dude, without a doubt. But uh, old Wade, um, that fight card is ridiculous. It's second to none. Did it for a long time. Took definitely, and uh, I was so happy to see when he got up to the NHL, made some NHL money for a while. Um, is still involved with the NHL. He's a scout with the Blackhawks, and. Uh, he is. Uh, he took the long road to get to the NHL, and uh, did a lot of fighting to get there. And he, in fact, he, his first pro gig was in Anchorage. He replaced Link Gates. Uh, Link was out for whatever Link did, <laughs> and Wade came in. So uh, you know, but um, yeah, fought everybody, all the leagues, uh, never backed down. Big dude. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the biggest power-punching guy. He was certainly a technical guy. He even admits that. Well, he even admits he doesn't, he didn't want to get hit. I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds so stupid to say, well, he didn't want to get hit. Well, no shit. But there are some guys that they don't give a shit, right? They'll stick their face out and whatever. 
but uh, but he was technical, and uh, I think he would uh, I think he'd win this one against Weapon X. But I was uh, yeah, like I said, I wasn't familiar with Penner, but after watching, I watched about probably twenty minutes worth of his stuff today, and uh, it was good. I was I enjoyed it uh, definitely. It was a tough dude for sure. But uh, oh, this next one, Hurricane Mitch Fritz versus Trevor Gillies. Uh, Alec, what say you? So this is a this is a tough one. Um, you can go back and forth on this. They have a fight on YouTube, and you really can't pick out a clear winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but Gillies was very early in his career, I think, and Fritz was with um, Springfield with the Falcons. So the the one fight that they have isn't really a good reference. It's one of those ones where you kind of got to use your imagination a bit here. When I'm thinking of Gillies, I'm thinking of prime Gillies, where you know he's might be up with the Islanders and. Um, Gillies, he did it for so damn long, too. It wasn't even, I think it was until like 2018, 19, he was playing with South Carolina with the Stingrays out on the coast. It's a 20 year pro career. Oh, insane. And I mean, it it was Gillies. You know what he was there for. He's one of those dudes that was a a nuclear warhead. So um, he was there to pretty much fighter first, hockey player second almost, which is no diss to him at all. I mean, that's what his job was, and he was damn good at it. There's a reason he lasted 20 years. Uh, Mitch Fritz, huge dude, had that great fight with LaRock. Um, I think that, was that his first career NHL fight? Like, for regular season? Uh, I think it, it might have been. Maybe. Off the cuff here. It was early. At, at any rate, it was early. It was. And, I mean, he, LaRock had a big rep at the time with the Canadians. Yep. Um, it, and he really took it to LaRock, and that was a big name to take down. So this is a really tough one. I, I went... Hmm, you know, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my notes here to see who I went with, and it's it's split, so I can't even make a decision. Off the cuff, I'll say Gillies. Um, he, I, I think he just had that little bit meaner edge to him. And Gillies is, you see him, he's a super nice guy. And of course, Joe has had the fucking epic written Lord of the Rings <laughs> trilogy. With him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. buy, buy the fucking thing on box set. Um, Gillies, super nice guy, but he's one of those dudes. When when this when the skates skates and came on or excuse me when the skates came on and he's out there you know to play that switch was flicked to like let's fucking go so I'm gonna go with Gillies because he's got that that extra edge to him so I'll say I'll say Trevor for this one Jay damn near reading my notes line for line um, <laughs> obviously both guys just incredible careers both guys spent time with the Islanders. Um, Gillies is a little bit longer NHL career, obviously longer pro career. I think Gillies works inside, gets inside of the monster Mitch Fritz, and I think Gillies takes it. Um, just This is one of the ones where it was incredibly difficult for me to pick a winner, but i got to go with Trevor on this one. I agree with both of you. I would take Gillies as well. I've never seen a more, like, you just listen to it, you see him play. I've never there. I don't know if there's a guy that was more intense in his role as an enforcer as Gillies. Um, I mean, that dude made coffee nervous. I mean, he was <laughs> like uh, Jesus. Like, I'm, but hey, if you're like he makes it perfectly clear that's his job. He's putting his health on the line, and this wasn't out there for funzy onesie, and we're not having work out with you, bro, and all that shit. It's like you know he's out there on a mission to kill. I mean, it sounds very harsh, but he was. That's what he was there for. And it was just like there was no fucking around. And uh, it was serious. And uh, 
Yeah, and Fritz, uh, big dude, um, watched him play junior in Kelowna, uh, was awesome in junior. Um, yeah, and like I said, big that win with LaRock actually really surprised me. Well, I think that surprised everybody. And that really kind of like, oh, Jesus. Okay, well, here we go. And uh, so he's definitely a legit dude, but I don't... I. I don't, I, well, I don't think anybody did of anyone. I don't think had the switch that Gillies had. I know Fritz sure didn't. So right. I just think on intensity alone, I, yeah. No, seeing Gillies like screaming at the Penguins during that brawl, like when he just laid a dude out, fucking buckled him and just sitting there and he's in, he's in the doorway to get escorted off the ice and he's still just sitting there screaming at him like, oh. The, the, the crying that would go on today for that, let alone, but the, the switch that Gillies had was just, it's like you said, it's almost unmatched for any enforcer out there. Oh, yeah, and you have the guys that are saying, like, when they played against him at the end there in the East Coast League, even when he was almost 40. I mean, he's almost 40, but he looks 23. I mean, he's got the <laughs> right. fucking body of Adonis. But it's like, he would go, and like most guys, if they came by the bench, they'd mouth off, and people, yeah, yeah, sure, buddy, yeah, fuck you, you know, whatever. He said Gillies went by the bench and like just stared at him and was just like, hey, what are we doing tonight, boys? And like nobody said anything. He goes, I've never seen anything like it. No one mouthed them off. No one's a oh, fuck you too. You know, nothing. And he goes, we all just sat up a little straighter. And he goes, <laughs> the game lasted as fast as we could get out of there was as fast as the game went. I don't think he goes any, he goes, it was like a game of wreck. Nobody hit anybody because no one wanted to get him mad. And he just sat at the end of the bench and basically just stared at us through the glass. And uh, we were all on our best behavior. Uh, he said, I think we lost 5-1. Weren't even upset by it. Just get on the bus and let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Although, and and then uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but he did actually fought Gillies later in the year. And uh, he was so excited he stole Gillies' stick which now sits right beside me. So he has, he stole Gilly's stick out of the, when he was going down the hall after getting kicked out, he grabbed the Gilly stick off the wall where they're all lined up and he ran into the dressing room with it. So, uh, there you go. A piece there, of hockey fight lore is yeah. in the fourth line voice headquarters. Yeah. And uh, now he I have it. Gilly stick and then Darren had to pay 50 or 60 bucks duty on it. Oh, yeah, I remember that fucking... That yeah. Story. Yeah, I got held up at customs. Yeah, it did. I had to, I'm paying duty on it. I'm not going to say... I know he's listed, too. I'm not going to say who it is, because he's, he's in a high-ranking position now, so I'm not going to say the guy's name. But I know he's listening to the show. He's a regular listener. But, uh... Yes. But, uh, yeah, like he said, when you played Trevor Gillies, you didn't... No. And even though he was almost 40 and whatever, and people could make fun of him. And I know a lot of fans did and whatever. Oh, big goon, whatever. He said, I could tell you when you're playing against him, you didn't make fun of him. So yeah. no. And like you said, 20 year pro, like to do that job for, tw- to be that intense for 20 years is, I don't know how oh, he did yeah. it, you know, but, uh, I think bonus points for the handlebars too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, well, here we are the final fight of the minor league mayhem five, tournament and uh it's a beauty a fan of both these guys the meat grinder marty melnichuk versus louis bedard that's an lnh guy so i know alex chomping here so what what do we got here 
Man, this one was tough, and I, I've gone back and forth on this, and I have a guy written down. Don't know if I'll stick with it by the by the time I'm done with my spiel here, but Louis Bedard is a guy that goes really under the radar for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, even as an Ace fans, I think you know you look at Louis and another dude. He'd stand in the pocket and throw, and if. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, with the later years with the LNH when he was just there for, you know, two fights in a Molson later on, um, wasn't in the greatest of shape. But before that, man, Bedard could throw down and he'd stand in the pocket and throw with the best of them. And when I think of Bedard, man, it's the fight with John Morasti, and people can look this up. I can't make this shit up because it's the fucking LNH. So anything goes, he's fighting John Morasti and it's teddy bear toss night. And anybody who watches minor pro hockey knows that teddy bear toss is reserved for when the first goal by the home team is scored. Everybody throws teddy bears out. Well, this is the LNH and you know, it's uh, <laughs> a little twist on things. It was the first fight of the night and it was John Morasti and Louis Bedard and, while they're going toe-to-toe after the fight, it was the first fight is when all the teddy bears come out. And you can look it up, look up Louis Bedard versus John Morasti, and it's going to be by old Searson out there with his beautiful YouTube name, might I add, the classic Quebec League violence. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what you're there for. You're not, you're not there to see fucking goals, so it's brilliant. No. But you can see it there. You know, all the teddy bears coming out uh, after the fight. And so that's it, it, it's always what I think of with Bedard. But then you, you got the other side with Melvin Chuck, and you see him in the Tough Guys documentary, um, mic'd up a little bit there when he's playing, and he's going after Christian, and his shit is great. I, I think I'll give the slight nod to Melvin Chuck here in this one. Um, I think he's just a little bit meaner, and he, you know, he, you know, he got the name Meat Grinder for a reason, did great against McIntyre, although McIntyre was young in his UHL days, but um, he also fought Segroy, did great against Segroy, again, younger Segroy at the time, but... I will give the slight nod to Melna Chuck in this one. Jay? It, it's almost like we're, we're of the same mind here. Um, obviously, Louis Bedard, Quebec League legend, did it for many, many years. I obviously don't have any firsthand knowledge of him. Um, you get the meat grinder. I got to see him his last two years of pro when he was playing with Missouri. Just an absolute monster of a man would skate around. He'd skate the red line in warm-ups, not wearing any shoulder pads. Still looked like a refrigerator with a head. He had some some pretty damn good wars in the in the U-Haul League. I, I got to go with the meat grinder. I think he's meaner. I think he's tougher. I don't think it's a big win, but I think he edges out Louis Bedard. Yeah, I'm a big fan of both these guys. I agree with you guys. Yeah, the meat grinder. I think he just, yeah, he just got that. He's kind of got that savage twinge to him a little bit, you know. And uh, another guy, super intense dude, did some cage fighting after. Still looks great. You know, he still looks like he could rumble now in the LNAH if he had to. That was a guy I actually really wished went to the LNAH. I know many teams tried. Um, he was he was supposed to be there for a season. He was signed with, I think it was Verdun. Yep. I could be wrong, but it, it never happened after that. But there was, there was somebody has it, but somebody has a, a Melna Chuck Verdun jersey. It was made up for it, but it was never used. Yeah, then I uh, know in 05, he was, uh, almost came to LaBelle, but I think the wife shut him down. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. The politics, vote me, grinder. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, both tough dudes. Louis, yeah, um, go on YouTube. Awesome fight with him and Trevor Sen in Hampton Roads. Um, he was in some great fights in the Quebec League, like you said, the one with Morasti. He was in the Quebec League forever. Um, I think he had 
didn't we say he had 300 fights in the Quebec League? Some ridiculous total I, like it that. Was so, it was something stupid like that, and he even fucking went over and like stirred up the shit and with Yo Crete, I forget the team name, but over like the Finnish League too. <laughs> so it was, yeah, Bedard just didn't give a shit. He still pins no. over there, and it's the Finnish League. Like how many fighters are there over there? But he's he's still throwing it down out there. Yeah, and he was in the UK there, and uh, yeah, oh. just a tough dude, and yeah, toe to toe guy, exciting fighter. Um, very much in the Morasti vein. Um, yeah, and I mean, even towards the end, I mean, you know, I mean, he knew what he was there for. And I mean, you know, like you said, he, go, he was a little out of shape and whatever, but he could still hit and he would still do it every night. And, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Louie, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll go with the meat grinder. And, uh, there we go. That's, uh, well, well, boys, uh, that wraps up the uh, the fifth annual minor league mayhem uh, first round anyway uh, bracket breakdown. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I I, uh, I know you two guys are, are are minor league fans at heart, and uh, I couldn't think of two better guys to get on here. And uh, you know, and Jay with all his uh, you know UHL experience and stuff, and uh, you know, so he could uh, you know he. Because I mean, I might saw these guys in junior or on video, but uh, to see someone live is a little different because you can kind of get the feel for them and uh, and just the vibe, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, there's obviously it doesn't get much more minor league than me and Alec. <laughs> um, <laughs> take that, take that as you will. Take that if for it's a good you, thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Take, take that for what you want. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's you know you see these guys for three, four, five years, the minors. You get a good feel for them, and it's it's hard for me to pick a winner in any of them because they all did the job. They yeah. all deserve the respect. But it's it's it, at the end of the day, it's all fun. We're talking about these guys who, you know, half, half these guys nobody's talked about for two, three, five, ten years. So getting their names out, getting people to talk about them, I think it's great. You know, win or lose, at least people are talking about them again. No, absolutely. And that's the thing. And for all the players that are out there listening, I know there's a bunch and, uh, yeah, I mean, take it for what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a popularity contest. I mean, you know, there's no science to this and we're just having fun talking about everybody. And like I said, there's no, like you said, there's no disrespect to any of these guys. Um, they all did the job. I'm a fan of all these guys and I'm a fan of a hundred more guys that aren't in this 200 more guys that aren't in this. Believe me, I, Went back and forth of who to put in and who to take out. Well, I didn't take anybody out, but it was just who to put in. This was far, far, far and away harder than the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament coming up with guys to put in this. I mean, you know, uh, Alex Gallant, Mayrad, and all those guys. I mean, on and on. You know, you could put tons of guys in here. And uh, so, again, if you're for those listening, if you're not in it, there's no disrespect or it wasn't like, oh, I didn't think you were as tough as these other guys. The guys that are in this, this isn't like what I always say to people. This isn't who I think are the 64 toughest ever. That's not what I'm doing here. It's just I'm putting names in that uh, that are just, you know, that I think would be just fun to talk about. And like I said, it's no disrespect to if I didn't put you in it. It's not because I don't think you're as tough or anything like that. It's nothing like that. So... Um, like I said, try to get a revolving door of guys every year to put in. I mean, you got your standard dudes, of course, your, your Bonvies and Engelstads, they're always going to be in it, but there's a revolving 30 guys or so that I try to, you know, different names every year. So uh, maybe next year your name will be in it, but, uh, yeah, Alec, any final thoughts on this, uh, on this whole sh- circus? 
<laughs> no, I just want to I want to take the time to thank you know both you and Jay for taking the time to have me on. I know um, I gravitate towards the minor pro guys, and I know I'm a lot younger, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Obviously, um, you know I'm 25 years old, so this is. I grew up watching the Mallards play, and so I got to grow up watching guys like Howie Rosenblatt, Kerry Toporowski, Mark McFarland. Um, and I know Jay remembers that a lot better than I do because I was very young. So this is uh, minor pro hockey to me is is the bread and butter. It's what got me into hockey. It's what started this love for the game. And we wouldn't have the Fight for Fighting podcast or the Enforcer Appreciation page without minor pro hockey. And these dudes are doing it for a paycheck that's, you know, 500 bucks a week if you're lucky. Um they're not doing it in the NHL level where they're making, you know, three or excuse me, six figures um, a, a year. So for all these dudes, it's, it's just a way to get their names out. And I love what you're doing. I probably didn't get into hockey Twitter that much until it was actually, I, I found your channel or your channel, your YouTube channel and realized you had the podcast. And of course those are gone now, unfortunately, but your, your original podcast and it's like the first four episodes you had up on YouTube. And I found your, your Twitter. Oh yeah, page. that's right. I did. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I remember because I, my wife, and I still give her shit for this, I picked her up from the airport. It was when we first started dating, and I have your podcast on. It was, like, the first episode, and she's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, this is fucking awesome. It's a, it's a goddamn podcast. It's just on fucking hockey fights. This is, like, the greatest thing I've ever heard. She's like, we're not listening to this for two hours because it was two hours driving back to base from the airport. And so, unfortunately, I, I had to put your first episode on hold, but um, – so it was after after that I got into the hockey Twitter world, and so you know even without yourself, I, the the Five for Fighting podcast probably wouldn't exist. And um, you know it's just a lot of fun, and it, it's cool because I I know the the game has completely changed now, but you still got guys like Kyle Newber and that that new kid coming out of the dub, the Cody McDonald out in the uh, where did he come out of? He came from a couple different teams. They Tony's skate. favorite. Yeah, Tony's favorite, exactly. Tony, I know you're listening. <laughs> but, um, you know, playing in the Everblade. So I'm actually really excited this year. This gets me a little bit more excited for the, the minor profile because I, I, I'm trying to explain this to my wife, and I don't think she'll realize it until we get to it, is the minor pro hockey fans, even like Quad City, and I think she got a little taste of it with the Storm when Jay was kind enough to hook us up with some tickets out there for a Storm game. The intimacy with fans and like players in minor pro hockey, you can't match that with any other sport. I'm just sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, you're not matching it. So, um, whole lot of fun, man. And I, I love what you're doing. So I appreciate you taking the time to have me on the podcast. I know you reached up to touch bottom when you got guys like myself and Jay on, but um, no, it's a lot of fun, man. So thank you. What's the term? Hail Mary? Yeah, desperation pass. Um, no, it was it was great to have you guys on and. Uh, yeah, we're like the, we're like the fat chicks in the corner when the lights go out on the, or when the lights go on at the bar at you know three a.m. So you're just kind of taking anything anything you can get at that point. Yeah, well, hey, you know whatever whatever has to be done, somebody's got to jump on the grenade. But uh, hey, we got we got more to prove. We got to put out for you. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, I want to thank you both for taking the time out. We spent a a, a few hours here going over this, and uh, I want to thank you for taking your Saturday night to come. You know, give create content for me to put up on on Wednesday, and uh, I want to thank my wife for being so patient out in the living room. She's probably ready to kill me. Probably divorce papers are being written, drawn up right now. So, but um, we'll I'll, I won't keep you guys any longer. I'll get you out of here. But uh, thank to, thank you both for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. It was a good time. Absolutely, man. Everybody, hope you enjoy. Uh, have a good one. Excellent. Thanks, boys. Yep, easy. 
And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 